Don't hit the desk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Getting Some Color. I had to shoosh everybody. Uh, I was going to do the Undertaker thing, but I don't have the voice for it. Um, but American pride, brother. Anyway, we're going to be covering WWF Raw, November 15th, 1993, and WCW Battle Bowl, 1993. Apparently, right. that, was that the only Battle Bowl, by the way? Because when you go on Peacock, that's the only Battle Bowl. That's the only Battle Bowl pay-per-view. There's been Battle Bowls before, but they were always part of Starcade or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after seeing this, that's probably what they should have kept doing. <laughs> By the way, I'm Joe Dubs, and I'm here with uh, Mean Gene Gropelin, aka Zach, and Ch- that's right, uh, and Chaz on Wish with his fucking shitty laptop. Literally, he- like he's on his phone, but he's with his shitty laptop that's not working. So, and he's back home. He's not on the road anymore. If you watch yeah. our other, other podcasts. Because he was in two different locations, one behind a, a wall that had a sun on it, and then one there was a uh, a fucking message thing or a chalk a white a whiteboard. Yeah, a whiteboard thing. I think he was evading the authorities. Yes, he was trying to find the local medical facility. Stone Cold Steve Austin was trying to find him because Chaz stole his belt and yeah, uh, see it. Only if you were Brian Pillman. And <laughs> did the gun thing. Dude, it's funny that we... We'll, we'll talk about MJF probably later, but it's funny like how even wrestling fans today still call the cops because they called the cops about with Brian Pillman and shit back in the 90s, and then MJF with his promo thing. <laughs> to be fair, the Brian Pillman thing was like kind of halfway believable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that man was like breaking boundaries no one had ever done before. <laughs> and and then wrestling got really, really crazy reality TV. And then we got the 20 years of, of the whitewashing of just one thing. And then now we have good heels like the, to blur lines again. And it's really hard to tell sometimes. Like, I, and I don't mean that like, oh, it's only AEW, Jerk over, whatever. I will actually legitimately give credit where it's due. Seth Rollins is really good at this because he'll get interviewed and he'll be like, nah, people are trash. People were cancer. And you have no fucking clue if he's shooting or not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's that's, that's legit. <laughs> yeah. No, like uh, I, there was a thing about him because he did the same thing with Logan Paul and clearly like the Logan Paul thing is a work, right? Like he's, he's doing that because he's pre- he wants to promote the match because that's, what's going to happen. Mm. But, uh, yeah, Booker T had recently said Oh no, that was a shoot. He really, he really fucking hates CM Punk, and he's not the only one that does. Like a lot of people feel that way. So yeah, I I can see why. But let's let's go yeah. back in time. WWF Monday Night Raw. dude, that's freaky. Your phone, <laughs> like your 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 fingers were like lagging behind, so it looked like there were waves. That is freaky, dude. You're dilating uh, time. Yeah, <laughs> maybe your phone <laughs> ate the fuck funky meat this time. Um, phone WWF, meat. yeah, phone meat. <laughs> November fifteenth, nineteen ninety three. We're in Fernwood Resort in Bushkill, PA. We're not, in, yeah, yeah. 
I didn't pay attention to where this was fucking at. I had no idea that's where they were at. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I didn't either. That, I wish that, they were at King of a... Prussia, Pennsylvania. That's the only thing that's better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I just one day I want to not catch one of these, and they're just like, here from Fairfield Middle School's gymnasium. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that happens sometimes. That's like I, I know. Part- that's. When Cornette was talking about the early Raws when he first went to him, he's like, you guys got to, like, at first they got to go to all the good buildings, and I got there, they were at, like, a fucking shed in Alexandria, (laughs) New York or something. Yeah, when I heard Bush kill fucking PA, I was like, god damn, they're in the fucking boonies, man, in fucking PA. Uh, You would think they would be in Pittsburgh with their, you know, WWF, but who knows. Anyway, uh, they had a video package of uh, the whole Savage and Crush thing, brother. Um, yeah. And Jack Tunney has banned uh, Macho Man Randy Savage from the broadcast booth because he's unhinged, man. Unhinged. That means he's going to wrestle again. Yes, which I'm excited which- for, but I'm, essentially he's going to be leaving and going to WCW soon, right? He's got um, maybe about six months left i want to say roughly okay possibly i'm not real sure i i think he goes to wcw in 94 mm. so we have vinnie mack and bobby heenan on on commentating and bobby heenan going <laughs> i like when he takes pop shots at fucking savage when he's not on the booth he's like good <laughs> he's unhinged man he shouldn't be with us <laughs> man is crazy Let's talk a quick about shout this. out, quick shout out to that music that played during the, uh, the the promo that they they played right at the beginning, where they're they're recapping everything. That music was intense. It's '90s sports montage like serious shit, and they've used that before uh, in a, in another package. I can't. I think it was the package that was building up Lex Luger and Yokozuna. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's also like a like a, a, a pseudo rip off of the of the riff to the song Runaway by Bon Jovi, who may or may not be my father. If you're listening, Dad, don't worry, I'll hold it against you. I thought that was Stang. Mm-mm. No, Stang, Stang's the dad I always wanted. Oh, okay. Bon Jovi's the dad that got away. Oh, my mom's ta- a groupie. Are you talking about, like, when they do the, like, the piano, like, really fast, like... Tell me if that doesn't sound like it. It sounds like the song Runaway. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> can, can can we talk about this first match? Because yes, R- Razor Ramon literally faced a fan in the crowd um, that they p- picked off of PA. Why? What are you talking Bro- about? That's what people from Brooklyn look like, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> are you sure you're from New York? I thought that's how everybody looked from Brooklyn. No, yeah, but- now 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 I'm trying to figure it out why, why the fuck is the Brooklyn Brawler in Bushkill, Pennsylvania? <laughs> <laughs> so the Brooklyn Brawler goes to Bushkill, Pennsylvania to fight a Cuban. <laughs> An alleged Cuban. Um, An alleged Cuban. <laughs> so I went I, I did research. Yeah, Brooklyn Brawler looks like that in all his matches where he literally wears jeans and a ripped shirt. He looks he looks like a guy that would be in like one of those beat 'em up games like Final Fight or something, who has like a turkey leg in his back pocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. and he spits like you fire. beat him up and you get and you get the health pickup. Yeah, he'll probably spit fire at you. I bet. 
Yeah, I thought he looks like a he looks like a dirty cabbie. Or better, he looks like, like the he guy. looks the one who stole the cab, but he's still pretending to be the cabbie because he actually just needs the money. He's the guy from Ninja Turtles when Raphael rolls over the cab, and the guy is in the cab, and he goes, "What was that?" And he's like, "I don't know. It looked like some kind of toilet." <laughs> <laughs> I'm in blurry vision right now. I don't know how it will stop. I the blame. Kicked in. I didn't. Fuck! I didn't even have a gummy. I should. <laughs> Your fucking camera did. Yeah, my camera had a, a, a gummy. So, right off the bat, it, like he he gets he gets Pearl Harbored, as they say. Um, yes, it's my favorite phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think of drink every time I'm like spit take. <laughs> that's what that's what Gorilla Monsoon would say. Like, oh, I Pearl Harbored him when they get stacked from behind. I know, but I'm just waiting. I'm going to take a drink. He's like a Chico with the 911 or some shit. Chico <laughs> with the 911. Yeah. <laughs> take it away with the, the the match. Oh, look, I'm back to not He's being blurry. I'll, I'll say it anyway. It's short. Uh, yeah, he gets Pearl Harvard, and then um, Razor Cave gets his vest off, and he like whips him into the turnbuckles twice, mm-hmm. and he beats on Razor for a little while until he comes. He just he gets whipped in the corner, I think. Uh, but he like kind of no sells and hits a bulldog or something, and then Razor's punching him and he does the sack of shit mang, you know, <laughs> where he throws you like a sack of shit, and yeah. then he does the abdominal stretch. Razor puts that on, but Brawler gets out of it, and he lands a little bit more offense. He hits like a reverse elbow or some shit, and then a stomp to the abdominal region. That's that's almost a low blow, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Brawler throws Razor to the turnbuckle and he snap mares him and goes for a pin, which is like kind of weird. It's a weird transition to try to snap mare somebody and pin them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he shoots Razor off and he goes for a backdrop, but Razor just like puts the brakes on and <laughs> puts him in the Razor's edge and pins him. Didn't they mention that like Shawn Michaels is being reinstated and he's gonna take place of Jerry Lawler at the Survivor that- Series? That's right. Uh, Sean's reinstated, so he's done being suspended for whatever it was. I can't remember. Um, and this is where it's like Shawn Michaels and his knights. Uh, this is where that comes in, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Waller got to worm his way out of fighting Brett again for now. <laughs> so, uh, this I'm shocked at the amount of offense Brooklyn Brawler got on Razor. Yeah, this this wasn't a squash because he 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 beat on him most of the match. Uh, it was okay I, though. I still give it like a middle. Like it's not bad, but it's not good. But I was like, okay, yeah. so I gave it a, like a five out of ten for me. Well, you guys rated it. I I I took it as squash question mark because I I felt it was questionable because the brawler got like the weird stuff in. Mm-hmm. And I will defend the snapmare spot, not in this case, but in like the general sense of I actually like in some matches where the little guy like somehow get or like the person that's going to be the jobber gets the the snapmare over, and they do the snapmare, and then they push the person down to try to pin them, and the guy immediately throws them off of them at one. Like I really like how that looks sometimes. Uh, it's like you yeah. idiot, what were you thinking? And then they get squashed. Uh, but I mean, that's not what it really. I mean, it kind of happened, but not really. Like if I remember, I think they actually got to a two count. Like he just took his time doing it. 
he, he just caught Razor off guard because he's like, man, nobody does a pinoff snapmare, Chico. It just fucking confused him for a second. Because <laughs> that's the first time I've ever seen that. Like He had Vietnam yeah. flashbacks of one, two, three kid for a second. He, he had he had a touch of the Cuban confusion. That's what it was. Cuban confusion. That should be a fucking cocktail. <laughs> the Cuban confusion. No, I was thinking it's a it's a wrestling gimmick. It's just a it's just a transgendered wrestler from Cuba. They, they were a, they were a man oh when God. they they were a man when they swam from Cuba. But when they got to the U.S., they turned into a woman. Something in the water is ninety miles of transition. Comes out. I'm, I'm pro LGBT. Oh, we're go. gonna get fucking canceled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the gender bender. That was oh. a Futurama reference. Uh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> I, I didn't rate it, but I guess if I did, it was it was a five. Like I'm with you guys. It wasn't good, but it wasn't really terrible. We'll give it a five point two. I I will say like I do commend that they don't put their main event in the first match. Like I'll give them that because obviously, if I had to like say the main event. For me, where is it? Lex versus uh, Pierre. Lex and Pierre, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't the Diesel squash? Because that, that seemed like the main event to me. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> We're going to get there. Um, I'm kidding. It was Lex Pierre for me, too. We uh, we get some comments from Crush Brother in the back, Heel Crush. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, he delivers a pretty stilted promo to Savage. Because it's like, he wasn't good at promo before his baby face. He was just kind of like, he just didn't really have any charisma. And he was kind of like, he sounded dumb. <laughs> I just I just hate his face paint. Yeah, I don't really understand the face paint either. Like, I don't get it. Uh, but his heel promo is not that much better either. It just sounds like he's kind of mad. But he still <laughs> sounds dumb. <laughs> he looks like how, someone that's... Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say he gloats about how you know Macho Man lost his commentary job and he'll lose a lot more if he interferes with his business again. That was that was the gist of the promo. He he sounds like a guy that lent a friend ten dollars and he like subtly hinted to the friend that he needed that ten dollars back and he hasn't gotten it and now he's just really pissed about it. Like mm-hmm. he's escalated a little far just over ten dollars. And now he's like, Stay out of my business or I'll hurt you. Where's my ten dollars? It's like imagine if he did you remember when Lex Luger got mad because he couldn't take that shirt off? Yeah. <laughs> your shirts are terrible. Your shirts are too tight. <laughs> I'm pissed now. Like, imagine if like, Crush did that. It wouldn't be anywhere near as entertaining. <laughs> Just... It's kind of like when you order from DoorDash and, like, you order, like, a hamburger and french fries, but then, like, you only just get the french fries. Like, that's how Crush was on commentating. He was like waiting for that hamburger for so much, and now he's just disappointed and mad. Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna segue because you hit real life too hard. When real life happens in wrestling, you gotta cross it. Every goddamn time I order Domino's, I have I, order, I usually order like a two liter because I'm out of whatever pop I'm drinking, and I order a two liter of Coke, and I always type in the instructions. Don't forget it, and like eight out of ten times they forget it. Every time. And I'm just like, how do you fucking forget it? I left a thing. I'm even like, hey, I'll leave a tip. Like, I'm trying to incentivize you guys. Please, like, just bring it. And one one day someone uh, came and actually asked me why I put that. And I was like, because if I don't, you guys fucking forget it. Actually, you're right. I shouldn't put it because you forget it anyway. And it's like, okay, whatever. Next, next time I would put just just to fuck with them, you're like 9-11, never forget. 
just like just like just like never Andy forget and never forget 9-11 and they're, they're gonna be like what did he Jeff, order chat food doesn't melt still beams <laughs> And then, you start putting conspiracy theories. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the Actually, that that's a fucking based approach. It's fucking Epstein the lottery. The lottery was invented to catch time travelers. <laughs> 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 I haven't heard that one before. It's pretty good. That that's that's my favorite conspiracy theory. If, if there is one to believe in, that's that's a pretty funny one. Oh. Can we talk about this ad before fucking Survivor Series? And by the way, whoever came up with this whole like Survivor Series showdown is gonna confuse the fuck out of people who are buying the pay per view. But you mean the 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 Survivor Series showdown that's happening after Survivor Series? Yeah, I thought it was before. Wasn't it before? Yeah, it's like the the night before or something. It was. I thought it was the Sunday after because it's on a Sunday. I thought he said it was the Sunday after. It could be the Sunday before, so I could be wrong. I think, I think it's the Sunday before because the Survivor Series is going to take place on a weekday. It's yeah. like the day before, day of Thanksgiving. I can't remember. It's it's the day before Thanksgiving. It's it's Wednesday. That was like the tradition for a while. So yeah. yeah, Survivor Series is a Wednesday, and this showdown's on a Sunday. So yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the. I think it's actually like the upcoming Sunday before we move on to Raw, mm-hmm. and then because the it, next week is when they're doing. Um, like there, it'll be that, and then there's a raw, and then there should be Survivor Series. So maybe we'll even get a highlight of it on the next raw. They've done this before. They did it like for SummerSlam. They did like a SummerSlam super fucking showdown or some shit. And mm-hmm. yeah, but we all I know Yoko's gonna win. <laughs> oh yeah, he's gonna win this. So it's like I, I was gonna say maybe we should find this because it's Brett and Yoko, but we all know he's gonna win. So it's like eh. mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a glorified live event. But yeah. it fascinates me though too, since we're talking about it, because Bret Hart. I always find this like one of the coolest things ever of trivia, just be a Bret Hart stand or whatever. Bret Hart's first title win is on like a random ass show when he beats Flair to take to win the WWF Championship the first time. It's not it's at show. a yeah, it's a glorified house show. It's like one of those like post tape superstars events or something. It's it's not superstars, but it's something similar to that, right? And it's effectively a house show, and it's a huge thing. Like you'd never hear of a world championship changing hands on a house show these days. Not these days, no. Yeah, it just it just blew my mind when I found that out. So, yeah, but I agree though. I don't think this one matters because we know that Yoko is going to retain by some bullshit, and that's that. So Re- now, ready for transition. <laughs> the tribal queef's uh, family, the bloodline, brother. It's the Head Shrinkers yes. versus Mike Bucci and Mike Moraldo. And Mike Moraldo looks like the kid from the Nintendo Power ad. He's got all the Capcom games and the NES you know, and the mullet, and he grew up to become a shitty wrestler. That's what he looks like. He does have that mullet. You, you're not wrong. He also has that face. And, and the Head Shrinkers bully him, basically. Fucking nerd! <laughs> he thought he was cool, and then he got in there with some Samoans. They just bullied the shit out of him. <laughs> they just did head shrinker stuff. They were just bullies and just beat the hell out of him. And then, and then Fatu landed the splash. Hit, well, hit the big boy splash. I mean, I know ripped, it was more detailed than that, but that's that's. They ripped <laughs> that's his. They ripped his tights. Like I laughed when that happened. Yeah, but, what yeah. the fuck is with those tights? Like. <laughs> I never could figure out if that was just like a pair of trunks over tights before, you know what the, the stuff he's wearing in this. 
And apparently that's what it always was this whole time. Somebody puts on a pair of trucks over tights. And I'm like, why the fuck do they do that? Like, does it make any sense? I think to make them look stupid. Maybe it's because their package is too big and they're trying to hide it. Maybe. That guy, that, that guy can't have a big package, though. He's, he's a nerd. Yeah, it makes me think of people when, like, like competitive swimmers. That I used to, when I'd swim in high school, there would be people that wouldn't swim, like, in a Speedo. Uh, or like the compression shorts, like just alone for whatever reason. So they would wear swimming trunks, which are going to actually hold you back. Like they're actually going to keep you from, from being able to perform your best, but they would he's still tr- wear the compression shorts underneath. He's trying to, he's trying to make himself more aerodynamic and it didn't fucking help him at all. No, he's, he's, <laughs> Not he's, even trying, to, he's trying to bury the little wiener or something. That's, that's usually the reason that other guys would want to do it because they felt self-conscious weird. about their weird. I was like, I don't know what you want. Like, get it hard, tuck it, and go. Shit, get over it. I mean, that yeah, guy man. from Silence and the Lambs did it, so I don't see why he couldn't do that. Hey, listen, I fucking put the lotion in the goddamn basket. I was in the speedo every time. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. Squash. Squash. I got a mangina. <laughs> You know my favorite move that the head shrinkers do is when they get somebody and they stand them up and they they're, they're like they got them by the shoulders and they go like Samoa and then they just fucking drive his head to the mat. I don't know why. That's just like the funniest thing to me. <laughs> by the way, um, Fatu, aka Rakishi, um, I like when the other guy like stands next to him and like jumps over him, and I thought of. Man, that would suck if they had a really short Samoan. Like if they put like Chavo Guerrero like standing there and like had to jump over. Like you don't need to stand there, buddy. <laughs> it, just, it won't look good. Yeah, you but, gotta uh, have somebody that's equal size or greater, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like a cane or whatever. Um, Great Collie. Yeah, that Great fucking Collie. wrestler sucked. Uh, that's just my opinion, though. What was the Rhea Rogers thing that they were talking about? I don't know what the fuck Beanin was talking about there. Only one Rogers matters in this episode, baby. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Rip <Woo>! Rogers, baby. <laughs> um, here, here's the best part. One of the best parts of the show. It <laughs> shows a clip from WWF Superstars uh, last weekend, uh, and Luger's there at the Steiners, and they announced Tatanka won't be on their team anymore due to the the stipulation <laughs> got agreed upon and shit. Uh, and they have someone to replace him, and then the Undertaker comes out, which is like weird. <laughs> mm. He comes to the ring, and he's it's, it's PSA Undertaker. He he's just this has become his gimmick now. He's like a PSA. Um, and he's like these men stand up for what they believe in. American pride. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pause it because I'm like, what did he just say? It's like these PSAs. It's like, nobody should starve to death. <laughs> the, the don't drink and drive. Are you don't arrested? Drink and drive. Are you you'll answer the, to the Undertaker? You'll meet the Undertaker sooner than you want. And it's like, why, why is the avatar of death talking about patriotism? <laughs> I, 
I think they were so confused. I think the Steiners and Lex were so confused as well because they didn't notice until he opened up his trench coat and there was the fucking American flag or the (laughs) colony flag. Yeah, the colonial flag, which like is cooler, kind of. But yeah, yeah. Well, in canon, in the kayfabe canon, the Undertaker actually lived during the colonial days, and that was the first flag he had before he. He's hundreds of years old. He's like hundreds of years old, zombie. That's that's why he's patriotic. He was there for the American Revolution. He, Did he, he like he die there. during the revolution? He got shot. It, it sounds better, so sure. <laughs> <laughs> he took a musket ball to his nards. That's why low blows don't work on him. Because you ever notice that he no sells no low blows. Mm. Yeah. He also hates hunger. Like I mean, uh, world hunger. Anyway. Uh. It was silly and bizarre, but I love it. So <laughs> I laugh my ass off. Uh, spe- uh, like I too. said, especially when they like the trench coat thing because they like did that uh, like cheesy like cheering like when they see something like yeah and they America they, yeah and they like <laughs> pump up the crowd and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I want to think that this was how this came to be. Was this was Mark in the back saying he was. He wanted to try something different. And this was the first prototype of the American badass taker. <laughs> and this yeah, is the was... reason why we went like eight and a half, nine years before we saw it again. Cause they didn't have that shit down yet. See, I think this is a Vince idea. <laughs> oh, sure. I, I mean, in reality, it, it's likely like they got to scramble and put something in there. And Vince is like, I got to get the undertaker on there because at this point, survivor series is synonymous with the undertaker. Right. We were we were talking off air while you were trying to get your your shit figured out. And, um, <laughs> I said that the Undertaker's not really doing anything right now, and he hasn't been for like a few months. So I think they just don't know what to do with him, so they just stuck him in this match. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he hasn't been feuding, he hasn't been on TV. Like I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe. Well, maybe. no, I agree. And Vince sees him as a big attraction. Like this is his. Yep. This is one of his big attractions to get people to come to a big show. So I, I, I get it. It makes sense. It's just like. Well, he doesn't like. There's no like depth to the plot. Like he's not trying to write the the fucking script to Citizen Kane to get to fit him in there. They're just gonna throw him in. And America, I would have really liked for Paul Bear to be like, hey, America, but we didn't get that. <laughs> give me liberty or give me death. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay, so that let, let's say how, how do we book this better than they did? Undertaker comes out, does not give an actual fuck about any of it, and is like gonna turn them down. And then Paul Bear's like, "Do it for the soldiers, do it for liberty." And then he suddenly shows the colonial flag. <laughs> he's on. Let's he's go. on their side. He wraps himself in it like Bill the Butcher. There it is. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's just like draped around his neck. Yeah. If you want to know that reference, catch us on Tuesdays. Yeah. Grab a little podcast, baby. Yeah. You ready for the main event? Not so main event? This is the main event, the re- the, ma- the marquee event of Raw, not the main event. <laughs> uh, Pierre with Johnny Polo versus Lex Luger. And what was, what was that intro? What, what was the Johnny Polo intro? He was just singing along with fucking the the Mounties song. Uh, I don't know. He's being like obnoxious. Like I still think like he's he's trying really hard to be like Jim Cornette, 
and it, it, he's not doing it correctly. <laughs> he's like he, he's more like the Nickelodeon version of Jim Cornette. You know, like honestly, <laughs> like, I mean, Jim Cornette and Mark Summers were on Double Dare together. Yeah, <laughs> it's Johnny Polo. Remember Ugg from <laughs> Salute Your Shorts? Yeah, he's like Ugg. <laughs> Like, I don't know something about that, but like uh, Luger's still really over when he comes out, and then they just start immediately. And this time Luger's not afraid because he's not shouting as he's punching him. Like remember when he fought Yokozuna, he was shouting because I think he was scared. <laughs> he's like, ah! Ah! he just keeps. Punching. <laughs> so, <laughs> he like he I, like he like preps himself for being hit. Like he hits it's a, like he's uh, terrified, but he knows he's in a fight. And he has to fight. <laughs> it's, it's the sound I make when I violently shit myself. Damn, you make Lex Luger punching sounds when you take a shit? I, I do. No when I shit myself. Like, oh, okay. I can't control it. And it's that violent, like, it just comes out and you go, <gasps> like, that's, that's, that's annoying. I mean, you're, you're shitting yourself when you're on the toilet. It's just going into something. It's not in your pants. Come on, man. I don't have enough brain cells. No to comment. Okay. Debate that. We'll just say you're right. You win. Okay. Unless he has more of that Domino's that he ate, he might shit his pants. Oh, let's, let's, I, I've already eaten a bunch of like gelatin and oil based xanthine gum nonsense to try to plug everything up. But did you get I'm, your soda? I'm going to die tonight. I did. Oh, so shit. I'm to drink. All right, I'm going to take a drink. Don't say anything. It's going to make me spit it out. Okay, so Lex is pounding Pierre and whipping him across the cor- the corner, causing Pierre to fly out and hit a flat back bump, which is actually kind of a cool bump. I've never really – like, per- Mr. Perfect kind of does that, but not in that way. Uh, he does it a different way. Uh, and Luger's just whipping him around hit punches and stuff, and Pierre hits the turnbuckle chest first. That was a good one. And we flip sides. Yeah, because <laughs> because you're the 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 guy who does the call by call. I don't want to be the first guy. I'm the play by play. Yeah, I play by play this match because it was actually a match and it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luger hits suplex. Pierre rolls out to recover, and then he kind of like I think he gets back in and. He shoots Lex off in the opposite corner. He goes for an avalanche. Luger stops him with a boot. And he hits a big, big clothesline. Pierre rolls out again. This is where shit gets uh, hairy. He goes outside to get him, but uh, I think Johnny Polo is trying to distract him, and then Pierre's getting ready to hit him from behind, and Luger backdrops him on the floor. They <laughs> uh, get back in the ring. What's Johnny Polo holding, by the way? Like a fucking, some kind of mallet or something? It's not a croquet mallet because it's too long. I, I don't know what that was. I kept on thinking, of like, you know the... Um, and I mean, like, the, pol- ha- the hammer a- portion is too long. It's like Isn't it? Isn't it a polo mallet? I've never, I don't... I guess I've never really. You know, I don't know what a polo mallet actually looks like. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I can't say for sure, hundred percent. I just kind of assume because, like you'd said, it's too big to be a croquet mallet. Like it's too long and like it's too narrow on the end. But the uh, like the fact that his name's Johnny Polo, I just kind of assumed it might be that. I could be he wrong. Had, he had a polo club shirt on too. Like he was part of the local polo club from wherever the fuck he's from. About to find out what a polo mallet yeah. looks like. 
Oh, it was 100% a polo. There it is. Now we know. See, I was too blue collar. I didn't know what the fuck it looked like. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Same here. I'm trash. <laughs> maybe that maybe, is. Maybe someone was like, hey, Johnny Polo, why are you, why, why are you holding a fucking lacrosse stick? Shouldn't you be LaCroix. holding a, fu- a fucking polo mallet? <laughs> like, um, where are we? Uh, let's see. I think. Oh yeah, Lex tries to do a hip toss, or no? Pierre's trying to do a hip toss. Luger blocks it, and he hits he hits him with another clothesline. Pierre goes for a neck breaker. Luger transitions that into a Greco Roman knuckle lock, and he gets back into his arm ringer. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Luger runs the ropes, but uh, Polo grabs his foot and he distracts him. And then Pierre Pearl harbors the All American, sending him crashing to the floor. <laughs> and I'm not the one that said that. Fucking fucking Heenan said that. <laughs> Two Pearl Harbors in one show. God damn. Yeah, and this time a French Canadian did it. True betrayal right there. It's too um, nice, eh? A. Uh, Pierre hits a couple axe handles like he leaps off the apron. Then Polo's like teasing that he's going to hit Luger with his fucking Polo mallet. Uh, but he never really does, which I thought was like weird. I think he, I thought he should have hit him. Mm. Um, Pierre scoops up Luger, runs his back into the post on the outside, rolls him in, slams him. Actually, I want to, I think I know why he probably doesn't do it because they were uh, selling the whole metal plate thing. By the way, that metal plate was, it's real, right? He actually does have a metal plate. I think so. So maybe Polo was afraid that he might put up his fucking... (laughs) Bionic fucking elbow to block his mallet thing, so that's why he shatter his his cro his guys croquet mallet, his polo mallet. I'm stuck on croquet for some reason. You're thinking of that that fucking uh, the Shining miniseries where instead of an axe from the movie, it's the croquet mallet. I'm sorry, I'm I'm nerdy right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I never watched that one actually. It's garbage. Actually. I lied. Go watch like a YouTube video of uh, cover it because the acting is fucking terrible. But I digress. <laughs> um, let's see. Pierre slit body slams him and he hits a Vader bomb for two. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. I, like, I kind of was like, he could do that. <laughs> I mean, Vader works in another company. I don't know. Uh, well, no, I'm not saying like is he stealing? I didn't know Pierre was capable of doing a Vader bomb on Lex I mean, Luger. He's pretty. He's pretty athletic for a guy that size. He's like one of those bigger, stocky French Canadian fellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of reminds you of some other people. But uh, see, puts me a camel clutch. You go to break. Come back. He's choking Luger, and then Luger finally manages to power out, and he falls back on him. But he doesn't really able to do anything because Pierre gets up and hits a fucking power driver for two. Just out of nowhere, it was a good one, too. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm always going to go, what, on a powder driver? <laughs> Just, <laughs> um, then he hits a body slam again, and then he goes to the top rope, and he hits a top rope leg drop for two. And I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, he's not... <laughs> and he goes up again, and he does a senton. In, like, 1993, he does a fucking senton, like a flipping one. Mm-hmm. And Luger rolls out of the way, and he fucking crashes and birds there. Uh... They get up, they do a one-two, like they're punching each other, taking turns. Uh, and this is back when that would people would actually react to that. 
Uh, <laughs> and Luger gets the better of it. He hits some more punches and a backdrop. Hits some clotheslines. Big power slam. And then he sets Pierre on the turnbuckle like he's going to do something. But he kind of like fights Pierre, fights him off. And he acts like he's going to jump off. Luger just throws him off. Mm-hmm. And then Polo comes in and is like going to try to interfere. Luger just punches him. And Polo does this fucking wild ass bump where he flies out of the ring almost head first <laughs> off of a punch. Uh, and then Lex hits the flying forearm, which is loaded, by the way, and gets a three. And he didn't make sure to make make us remember that that's, that's a loaded forearm. Yeah, I, I, I got a question because, remember, I forgot what pay-per-view it was, but they put a, a uh, pad on it, remember? SummerSlam. Yeah, they, they put a pad on it. And Tony knows about it. So I'm like actually agreeing with Heenan here. Like if it's such a big thing that it is, he's not supposed to be using that because that is an advantage for him. Like, why is he not always wearing it? Because he's a face now. It doesn't really matter anymore. I think Luger forgot it in his luggage at home. That's why. Okay. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I either think it was a dumb thing like that or if I remember, was it? The whole request for him to wear it wasn't that more of a thing of Yokozuna and Cornet specifically wanted You're, him to wear it. That's right. They uh, Corny did some of his managerial tricks and said that. So I, I think it was just specific to SummerSlam. The problem is we don't get to see Luger wrestle that much. So because of just the nature of not seeing him wrestle that often, I just wondered if it was that. And it's like the one memory we have of it, it's like they made a big deal out of his arm, but actually yeah. any other time it's not that big a deal. It's it's basically what they did was it said you can't use your finisher. More or less, or it's like a weakened version of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. What did you guys think of the match? Uh, I'll go first. I enjoyed this match. I kind of... My thing with Lex, I'm not a big Lex fan. Even when he was in W, like when I was watching Nitro, every time Lex Luger would come out, I'd be like, oh, like he's always got to do the, ah, ah, and then like get the torture rack and then it's over. And I just don't really like that. But I felt like he actually had a better match with Pierre than the match that he had with, uh, what's the last thing that we watched that was terrible with Lex in it? The SummerSlam match. I mean, yeah. before yeah, that, Virginia. he was uh, he was in King of the Ring. Yeah, and like I just I had fun watching this match and what we've seen in the past, and it, it kind of like I think they should have waited to push Luger at this time because this is momentum for me for Luger. I was like, I could actually believe him as a champion from here. <laughs> like if they push. Yeah, this is what I was saying before, and we all agreed on that, that they should have had him wrestle more instead of us barely ever seeing him on TV for some reason. Yeah, um, the whole thing of him campaigning America. You don't need to campaign America. You're you're on national television every fucking week. Just wrestle. Yeah. Like, that, that's, your, that's national campaigning. I don't know why you need to go. Yeah, he's, he's on tour bus. with the World Wrestling Federation already. <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense uh, it's, but it, whatever it's, it's logic in the 90s what are you going to do and even, uh, if, and even if they were trying to like make him look strong America has always had that underdog type of feel to it like America always comes out on top like that should have been the lesson as far as building him up but like 
No, Obviously. I mean, you got to remember why they went this way, though. I'll counter that. What What was the purpose of this? Vince is still butthurt because Hogan left, and he wants to replace Hogan. He he wants his second Hogan. So that that's what he's trying to do, is he's trying to recreate Hulkamania through patriotism. Mm-hmm. And you, you just can't recreate it in a certain way. Like, for all of its... All good and bad... For that, for the person, the character, whatever, like Hulkamania was lightning in a bottle, and yeah. it's it's you're not going to recreate that exact like to a T. It just it's not going to happen. But that that being said, you either had to go one way or the other, right? You either had to give him the win, the big win at SummerSlam, then and push him that way, or you needed to wait, like you had said, and build him up and actually have him wrestle to win people over, put him against a bunch of odds where he, you wouldn't expect him to win, even though he is this chiseled out guy. And then that, that's how you get there. Mm. Sorry. See, I just railroaded exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> My bad. No, no, you, you make sense as far as like, uh, what Vince was wanting, wanting, but like from here on out, like if they were building him from here, I would believe him as champion and maybe he would get his Hulk Hogan from here on out because, when he was when he came out, I was like, "Holy shit!" They're fucking cheering the fuck out of him. He, he's over. That's the thing is, people <laughs> kind of misrepresent the way Luger's received in WWF when he's there. They act like mm-hmm. all his his push flop. That's all they say. They don't say that he was actually over. Like it was working. The problem was is they didn't follow through and they didn't right. execute right because. Uh, Cornette said on his podcast, the reason why Luger didn't win at SummerSlam was because it's Originally, that was part of the plan that mm-hmm. there was supposed to be a follow-up match where he would win, but Vince got cold feet and changed his mind. So yeah, it almost sounded like it was the project to move on, and then Vince did what he does. He was like, I'm, "I'm done with this new play thing," and he moved on. Yeah, even though like to the crowd, like he actually they were warming up to him. They they were warming up, and uh, I. God damn it, if they let it wrestle, they might have warmed up to him more. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> I'll say this, too, real quick about Luger, where Dubs is talking about how he doesn't really like Luger. Um, his work when he was in WCW before this run was better. It's it's more like this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. where he's actually having like a match, and he's doing other things. He's not just punching and clotheslining and the torture rack. So... I'll leave it at that. What do you think, Chaz? Yeah. I myself wasn't was never a, a Luger fan. Uh, that's something against him is just not I don't want to like, but like I can remember distinctly wa- watching when he had the big win, which I get it was really hot because Hogan lost. But when he beat Hogan on Monday Nitro and mm-hmm. it shocked everyone. I was like, that happened? Wait, him really? Of all people, and the next week he loses it, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." He's well, piss everybody off. Well, Luger's one of their homegrown guys. That's the thing. Hmm. Oh, no, I get that too. Like, it's a it's a cool thing, but like to me, I, I'm thinking as a kid. Like when I watch, it's like, well, "Why wasn't this thing?" Or "Why wasn't it this person?" Or you know, I get what you're saying. Head, I, I thought the same thing too back then. I was like, "What? What Luger?" <laughs> right. Right. Like it was. It's like, oh, boo! I hate this guy. It's more like I have for the position they want to put him in, I have three or four other guys in mind that I would rather have in that spot. Um, but that's not to say 
oh, like I said, like screw him, I don't like him or anything. It's just I, yeah. I never saw him in that that same way. Um, but I, I don't know. I, the match itself, I thought was good. Kudos to Pierre. Pierre made him look really good, and Pierre like also got Pierre. a lot of offense in. I really like him as a, a wrestler. I think he he's he's really strong in the ring. Um, the Johnny Polo stuff I could take or leave. I just felt weird. Like you said, it's he's he's diet cornet, and uh, it's it's kind of odd. And it, I also find it odd too because backstage, like he's stuck as a manager because that's what Vince wants him as. But he wants to wrestle, and we know that because well, this is fucking Raven. Think about what he's going to do in like two or three years. He's going to fucking he's going to nearly scare Kurt Angle away from professional wrestling by crucifying someone. Yeah. In a wrestling event. <laughs> that's a rather thing that happened. That's a sentence I just said that really happened. Uh, so, like, clearly he's got something for it, but Vince doesn't see it. So he's stuck in that manager spot. So he's just making the most of it, and good for him, but it's it's just a little weird. It's a little too campy for, like, the seriousness you may want in that type of spot. Um, I ended up giving the match uh, six and a quarter. I don't know if we talked about the whole match thing. I, I thought the match went just a smidge too long yeah like maybe maybe a couple minutes too long but well, I, I thought i, I could agree with that a little bit i think oh, yeah. it was more because of the timing with breaks i think like the commercial break stuff may have been the reason why but i don't, I don't know well i'm pretty sure they wanted to shorten the shit out of fucking next match but like yeah. I, I, <laughs> this, I, this, <laughs> this match went through two commercial breaks yeah mm-hmm. that's what i'm yeah. saying i think i think the commercial breaks are what made it so long uh, I did like I said. I didn't mind it. I had fun watching it. Yeah, you could say it's a little too long, but I don't think they had a lot to work with as far as the matches and the cards for the show. Um, mm-hmm. So I I gave this a six point five out of ten. I gave this six point eight out of ten. Hey, we're all we're all in the range. We're in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. I I'm kind of Luger's kind of growing on me at, with the kind of work he's doing here, and it's like I've seen some of his matches before. Uh. And I've come to kind of find out he was actually pretty, pretty decent. He was decent. It depended on who he was working with. I think mm. more than anything. I think, I think he suffers from the spot and it's weird because this is the one shining moment where he doesn't have someone to overshadow him necessarily. Um, at least not in the sense that there's someone constantly on raw as overshadowing him, but eventually yeah. he does end up with that because that's what Brett does. Brett ends up overshadowing him and that's exactly why they go with the result they do at WrestleMania 10. But um, any other time I've watched wrestling as a kid during this era um, or later eras where he's involved, again, there's always two or three guys that just are overshadowing him. So I just never cared about him. He just he was just the guy that looked really good in an eight by ten, but I can just not give a shit about. He couldn't. They couldn't let him do his personality, which is the thing. Is Luger's more suited to play a heel with his personality? It's not because he's like a fucking asshole in real life. He's not. Uh, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The way he would come off, it's just some people are more naturally suited to be a heel mm-hmm. in their work. Kind of like Randy Orton is just better suited as a heel. Yeah, no, I, I, the way I kind of took it from those interviews they had whenever uh, uh, they had him doing all the weird uh, shit and then we had the MK Ultra nonsense. <laughs> uh, like... I can tell if he's naturally just talking, he sounds kind of condescending, and he's also this big jack guy. So you mix that together, and that just makes an arrogant prick. Like that's I mean, how yeah. it's perceived, even though he may not be that way. So, 
that's kind of how I took it. Um, I don't. I don't see him as condescending. I see him. Well, I guess you can like attach condescending, but he just sounds like a normal gym bro when he's doing face, where he's like, "Yeah, man, I I did about 150 pound curls and all that stuff, and it's just yeah. wonderful and all that." That was like, Luger. He, yeah. What he, yeah. What he no. would do is he didn't really hang out with the guys a lot. He'd work out. He would eat clean before that was like really a fucking thing. And you know what he did in a lot of his free time was he read books. Mm-hmm. Guy was basically an introvert. Which <laughs> <laughs> is totally fine. But I see what you're saying. It just it can come off in a different way to someone. And your characters can be so different than who you are in real life. Yeah. It's like I always find like Rick Rude was like a family guy and like like very rarely got into anything wrong. He was like super devout. Like he wasn't a family guy on this battle ball pay per view. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Like his character is so different from him in real life. Some people can do that, and some people can't really do that contrast. And um, but like you'd said, like think about all those gym bros. That it's the type of person that when they're telling you a story, until instead of like telling you the detail of a story because they can explain it or telling it. They would name drop a bunch of people. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I know this person. And they would name drop all these people that they know. That's I the know type Ray of shit that you hear it and you're like, <laughs> you hear that and you're like, well, what a prick. It, like, that's the type of person. I guess what you think, like, he would be well suited to play that person. All you have to do is just add that to, like, what he would do. Um, but, again, I, I didn't necessarily, like, hate the guy or dislike him and, I, I really, I really hated. Uh, it was like my my understanding of what's actually happening behind the scenes happened around the time of the tragedy with Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. So it just really sucked to know. I was like, oh, that really sucks because for me, that's something I can relate to because a lot of people in the area I grew up in were overdosing left and right. Mm-hmm. Like I just grew up in a rough neighborhood where that like that stuff was happening. Like meth labs were fucking exploding up the hill from where I, I grew up. So, so knowing that there were people going through the same thing that I would watch on TV, it's like, oh, that fucking sucks. Like Man. think about what he went through. So like I kind of sympathize with him or empathize in that way, but uh, I just never cared for his character. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. yeah, we can move on. I, we can go on in circles all day. My mind, this. my mind went to a dark. Like a uh, d- dark, funny place for a second. Oh no! Uh, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Oh, you no. gotta fucking say it now. Like, listen. <laughs> well, he's in the torture rack for the rest of his life now in a wheelchair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! <laughs> it's funny because now he's like just this super motivational guy. It just <laughs> the uh, irony. Okay, and I, I mean this like sincerely because it. it it's a good thing that he's found a way to make something good of the situation he's mm-hmm. in because he got clean. He's went through, he's got some very unfortunate uh, health condition, you know, problems and has deteriorated, but has made something good of that and has tried to, to help so many people. But the irony that he is the most powerful he's ever been in that fucking wheelchair than he ever was with all those fucking roids. Like it's that it's just palpable. And he said that himself too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but it's true though. Like he's actually helped and and had a bigger impact on others' lives than he did when he was crushing weights and shit and trying to throw fucking Yokozuna on a battle cruiser. Like he's like the just, dude from Dodgeball. Oh god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Love you, Lex. 
I no li- listen. I I I love him, and it, it sucks what happened with Miss Elizabeth. But I, that's how I do things with like terrible situations. I like make light of it. I make light of it, and yeah, man. If he's feeling stronger now, I mean, fuck yeah. He should do a torture rack in the wheelchair on somebody. That'd be fucking cool. I want to see that documentary. They, oh they were my supposed god. To do this- documentary with lex and then like they shelved it and never showed it to anybody that uh, that actually i, I want to see that now i want to see him in the ring someone's up like like we man is up like in the torture rack mm. and he's got the fucking wheelchair and it's just like automatically going in one direction and just going in circles as he has some one of the torture rack and they're going eh, eh, eh. that's well, all i want to see who is this is jackass who in WWE or AEW would, you know, like a, a jobber like that Lex could put in the fucking torture rack in the wheelchair? Flavor to soul. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately had to think about it. He's Kip the smallest Sabian. guy that's on their roster. Uh, but, and that sucks because they're trying to actually make Kip, Kip Sabian seem like he's relevant. He's not, but they're making him seem that way. But Flavor to soul is like, is, is through, like through and through. Like, Kip Sabian. jobber. Kip Sabian should, should just relegate himself to being Penelope Ford's flunky. That's and just, like, st- remember, like Stevie Richards to Victoria. That's like what he should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but or you well, say dubs before we move on <laughs> to the the amazing fucking main event that we have on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> okay, we we have so much more to talk about. We got to. Like yeah. battle ball too. Woo. Yeah, I know, but like back to the Kip Sabian thing. Like it sucks that like I like I know it's different when the camera is off, but I watch Penelope, uh, whatever her name is, Ford, um, on Twitch as well, and she looks like <laughs> like why did I marry this guy? <laughs> For, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> But then again, I was like, it's kind of an upgrade from Jelly Janella, but... Uh, no, that's an, he's an upgrade. At least he's not, like, a fucking canker sore of a human being, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I shouldn't I shouldn't talk, man. Like, if they're... It's just, my brain is fucking weird. But let's let's move on. By the way, before... This, this includes what's on Raw, but after the hit that he got from uh, Lex Luger, he was knocked out and put on the stretcher. That was funny. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was yeah. he was out cold. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's how they sold the... They were selling the whole plate, and they were like, no, you can't do that. You knocked him out. You hurt him. This is why it needs to be banned. It's a weapon. Sorry, brother. We're going to talk about the best part of the entire but, show. This is the main event. Diesel versus Sid Garrison. At first, Wait, I thought what? it was Zip Garrison. What, are we, have we forgotten about our, our main man, Jeff Jarrett? That's at the end of the show. That's at the end. Oh, end. was that really? Was that really after? Oh shit! I thought yeah. it was before. The, you no, time traveled again. You slipped <laughs> forward did. three minutes. I did. I did eat some funny meat again. There was some <laughs> weird time meat on my on my pizza. <laughs> but no, so uh, Garrison looks like Joe Dirt's older brother. <laughs> and fucking, <laughs> what the fuck is with his tights? He's wearing like tidy whities over fucking. Like tights, and we, I, he, we just looks had like fucking, he looks like Joe Dirt's older brother dressed as Quail Man. <laughs> look, look what Andy. It's, it's funny when people are knocked out and put on stretchers, Dubs. Yeah, <laughs> should watch Power Slap by Dana White. If I, mean, I do, this, oh, this man, is fucking stupid. Did you see when Chris Dewinsky was going ballistic over that on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. 
I like I liked his his fucking comment. He's like, "What's next? Who can survive a stabbing?" I'm like, "That's pretty good, honestly." Actually, yeah, I mean, he makes that joke, but people would legit pay to just watch bums kill each other for food. This is just idiocracy shit. We're, we're, yeah, there's, exactly. There's a fucking show where you watch people slap people. Yeah, we're we're just a hop, skip, and a jump from Beast Supreme executing people publicly. Man, we're we're, we're close to fucking hitting Running Man in real life. Like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sub Zero, now Plane Zero. Sorry. <laughs> what? So, it, God damn it, he just looks like he's wearing a diaper. That's all I'm thinking of is Diesel's beating the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Dirt's older brother wearing a fucking diaper, trying to be Quail Man's getting his ass kicked. Mm. Wait, doesn't, if I remember, doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, fucking, oh shit, what's his name? Bobby, doesn't Bobby even say something about the guy wearing a diaper? Yeah, and then they make a comment to each other about wearing diapers, and he's like, "You know about that?" And Vince, yeah. like, what? What? <laughs> and I'm like, Diesel's about to make this motherfucker incontinent, and he, he tries his hardest. Mm. <laughs> he's hitting all of his good offense shit, you know, and he's he side slam the elbows, and he doesn't have the longer hair yet. He's he's got the mullet right now, so he can't do the hair flip. It's one of his moves. <laughs> Diesel, uh, this is what I like about this, though. It's like, Diesel just beats the shit out of this dude. You know how he finishes him? He has a fucking elbow drop. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Guy that big drops his elbow on you, it would probably beat you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Diesel looked good. Squash. Squash. Yeah. The old S. Now we're up to Jeff Jarrett, Double J, Double JF. No, no, no. There's right. another hellish from the Nether Realm Survivor Series report with Todd Petting Zoo oh, before God. this, and there's not. I just want to say that because he just goes over the card that we all know already. I just still can't get over how fucking over the top this damn promo is before it gets to him. Oh, yeah. you're talking it's, about the Carnival of Hell? That's yeah, exactly it, what it is. <laughs> it sounds like something they'd run in like 1999, not fucking '93. <laughs> We we definitely hit on this, and it was spot on when you said it the last time. It is like you're entering the Mortal Kombat crypt. The crypt? <laughs> fucking Nether Realm or something. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. You just see the ladder of fucking opponents that you have to fight. Exactly. True. <laughs> destiny. Guru. Uh, but, uh, now we go to the, the Jeff Jarrett segment. Chaz, you want to talk about this and see if like, so you, so you talk about it. <laughs> oh, shit. Um... It was kind of random, too, because at first when they're starting to do it, I didn't realize it was a Jeff Jarrett segment. Yeah. They're in, like, the studio, and this guy's playing fucking music, and Jeff Jarrett suddenly starts talking to him, like, kind of navigating what's happening. Hey, turn that shit off. Oh, you sound terrible. Am I going to have to play every instrument in here? And play every piano. time he says, <laughs> say but he says it, all, but he says it all wrong. He's like, I play the piano. I, I play the drums. I could sing, I played the guitar, <laughs> just, you know, all the fucking country twang. And then he gets in there, scolds the guy, acts like he's going to beat the guy's ass to get out of there. Well, instead of actually running the guy off, he leaves him to sit there while it focuses in on him, and then he talks about why he's the best. He's <laughs> his whole mission to come. You which is what I thought was the funniest part. That was the <laughs> part. part. He left <laughs> the guy there. You thought he was going to, like, take the guitar from him. He's like, give me that. And then he would, like, he would hit him and call him slap nuts, or he would just play it and be better than him. No, he just started talking about how awesome he is. <laughs> and they added to it. They made it even better than it has been. 
he talks about how great it is and how he's going to take over the country music business and WWF, and he's going to beat everybody. He does his classic, I'm J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T, and I'm going to make it into the double J-F and all that. And then he does, like, the wink, and and they, they do the, the effect where they put the, the glint in his eye and his tooth. So awesome. That got me. And Jacqueline oh, that was, was there. Hilarious. Yeah, Miss Jackie was there. She was the, the assistant. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Oh, my gosh, it's Jacqueline. <laughs> and it's funny because I always think of Jacqueline as, like, this, like, hard-ass black woman. And she's, like, acting all like, oh, Mr. Jared. And I'm like, just like, what is, what's going on? But all right. <laughs> yeah, w- w- seriously, like, let's talk about this. And, and take it for what it is. I'm not a racist person. But I would I'd probably bet my car that when they talk about these promos, Vince suggested that she call him Massa. <laughs> the way she was fucking acting, like they originally she wanted him to act like she was like his maid or something, but mm. she's just there as his uh, his valet. But that's one hundred percent like how she was acting. It was it was more than just like the typical like southern voice. The way she was talking to him was like like she was his property. I was like, this is a little much, but okay. She but got he's Colonel, music star. She got well, Colonel Robert Parker involved instead. They weren't yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he didn't give her a fucking slave name or something. What did Jeff Jarrett say? Because, by the way, I do like that the guitar, like, it wasn't bad. It was, like, okay and, like, bearable. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, this is terrible. <laughs> Ter-. What did he say? Turn it down? Or he said, down. He said something weird. It wasn't turn mm-hmm. it down. He was like, down it, down it, or something like that. To the, the guy who's covering the. Uh, I'm not the, sure. Uh, I'm, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was yeah, the effect he, of turning it down. It was a weird phrase. I want to say it's probably something, some recorder lingo or whatever, you know, studio lingo. Mm-hmm. But get turned. Get turned. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. <laughs> it's another fun Jeff Jarrett segment. It's weird that they put it at the end, end though. That was the main event. Yes. <laughs> well, it, 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 no, Vince is smart. And he knows what we're all waiting for. Wait double for J. Double F. A few more weeks, just a few more weeks, and they'll finally we'll finally see him. Oh, I'm so excited! He should take over all the music. Like he should go to like all music genres and be like uh, hip hop, R and B, fucking rock and roll, and be like, "I'm better than all of you." <laughs> I can rap. I know yeah, MMA. See- I invented the suplex. <laughs> you made you made this joke, but this actually over the course of like ten years between WCW and TNA, it kind of happened. <laughs> he, he had that yeah. whole rap is crap thing. <laughs> it's the whole Kurt Angle seg- segment where he's talking to the kid. He's like, like who, yeah. who you know is getting rid of Kurt Angle? Well, like, yeah, that. <laughs> <Kurt Angle. laughs> and then he shows him how. You no, know, I invented the ankle lock. I'll show you how it's done. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> So, overall, I'll give my final thoughts. It's a very mid uh, show. Like we had a <laughs> we had a not so squash first match between Razor Ramon and Broken Brawler, and then we had a squash match with the Head Shrinkers, and then we had a, a good match with Lex and uh, Pierre, and then a shitty fucking uh, you know squash match as the main event and then a good Jeff Jarrett match. So I'm going to give it a five. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a promo. Not yet. Yeah. 5.2 out of 10 for me. 
Uh, I, I, I enjoyed myself. It's still the similar format where usually only one match or maybe two matches are gradable. Like I was I, again, I didn't expect to. We were gonna talk about doing the Razor one, but it makes sense based on how you guys talked about it to to grade. That that being said, I I, I enjoyed myself. I can't say it was too awful. I I, I originally only gave it uh, five and a half, but I think I'd say five and three quarters. I'd go five and three quarters. It's decent. Uh, I thought it was an okay show. Uh, Laughed a lot. Luger, yeah, there's some good laughs. Luger and Pierre what, took up a majority of the airtime, but I'm not really complaining that much because at least it was a decent match. Mm-hmm. Um, to, I'm still liking these Jeff Jarrett vignettes, but he's starting to repeat himself now. So they need to have him say or do something different until he debuts. Uh, they, they just kind of changed up the location and a little bit of what was going on this time. Uh, I gave us a 6.2 out of 10. I thought it was an okay, an okay show. Cool. Yeah. You ready for this fucking pay per view though? <sighs> yeah. All right. Can, can we get, just get something out of the way? Sure. sure. I care about spoilers, whatever. Are any of you giving an X at the end? Giving a what? Are we giving a red X to this at the end? Uh, I didn't grade this. Uh, the 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 main event. Because uh, I have a rule that I don't rate Battle Royals because I can't. They're all trash. <laughs> it's just, well, all... unless it's the Royal Rumble, uh, because stuff happens in the Royal Rumble and it builds up. And, you right. know, and, in a Battle Royal, that doesn't happen because everybody's just fucking in there at once. And it's just like a clusterfuck until there's like four guys left. Yeah, I, I feel like... As my grandpa would have said about something else, uh, trying to judge a battle royal would be like trying to have a beauty contest between pugs. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't, you can't really properly grade it because they're all fucking ugly. But uh, it's hard to say which one's better. You just have personal taste for one or the other. But I, I agree, it's really hard to rate. I, the reason I asked for the red X was I wasn't sure how you guys rated or not. I also was in a weird spot where I I did give ratings to the actual other matches, but give when I got to the end of the show to had it as a whole, I was like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Yeah. So yeah. I was leaning toward: Do I even give any of this a rating, or do we just just shit on the whole thing in like a quick way and take a big squat on it, or do we and just talk about the funny bits we liked and what we didn't, or do we? Well, I know. Up? I know Zach. I know Zach's answer is he's always gonna fucking have a rating no matter what on on certain things. But I I have somewhat of a rating because they were some of them were good wrestling matches. Like some I was decent, yeah. Especially like the first match between Cactus Jack Vader and well, well we'll get to it because how they pick people. But I have to say something. These should be house shows, in my opinion, because yeah. it really fucks with storylines so much to the point where like they're fighting together so that the and I'm going to show the hand right away so that Vader could win again and I have to admit like having Vader win this I'm not in favor with it at all because because he's always winning (laughs) he's he's, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for your I think the whole point is like 
this show has no direction. Like they're mm. making that they like they're trying to sell this whole battle ball thing. Like, oh, you get this ring. Like this is an entire pay per view for something they, that was basically a consolation prize on your other big show. This would be like if W if WWE decided to make an entire pay per view for the Andre the Giant Battle Royale Memorial. Well, Tony Schiavone and and fucking uh, Jesse Ventura didn't even know what the fuck the winning was. They're like, oh, they get a ring, and I guess you get recognition yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get respect from your peers and it's like what <laughs> kind of bullshit is that so i i felt like building a pay-per-view around it was dumb especially when you have the like this just goes to show that 90 1993 wcw's backstage was an absolute trash fire there was so much backstage bullshit going on that they had their heads so far up their own asses not not knowing what was going on and, I mean, there are a lot of people here that are frustrated. There are people that are checked out, like, just don't give a shit about any of this. So, the only saving thing is they, that promo where they go ahead and try to build on to what they're going to make their main event at Starcade. Mm. That's really it. There's no progression of any kind here. Like, you didn't really progress or further any plot on stories that already existed. So, it just doesn't It doesn't need to exist. It's like, it, like you said, it needs to be a house show. But what's funny is they took a concept that's actually really cool and just fucked it up entirely. Like, how cool would it be to actually have a situation where you could have this type of pay-per-view and you could do it in a format where it's a complete surprise and 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 then eventually have the Battle Royale, but actually make it worthwhile? Like, instead of, and I know it, it's not a whole lot because you're not building a star, but instead of having the promo where Flair just randomly comes out and they just book the thing with uh, with his career, why not let Flair be the one to actually win this? And then that, and because he wins it, he gets to face Vader, or he gets mm. his choice of opponent. Like, Yeah, that again. would be better. Well, yeah. My, my And I agree with you, Chaz. Like, this would be a great concept if it was actually done randomly, like if anybody thinks that this was done randomly is joking because this wasn't like you look at the card, everything was booked out before. I guarantee you all those cards that were in that little tumbling thing had, had all the stuff booked already because it was just too obvious. They always had to have, you know, the, the, the feuders meaning like cactus Jack and Vader be on the same team or they split Mm -hmm. up the, the tag teams and stuff. Like there was always a heel and a face on the same team, most of the card. Some of them oh, they oh, yeah. yeah. Some of them they, you know, skirt the line a little bit where there's two faces and then there's other uh you know heels on the other side. But like I would rather have this be random for real than what it was booked. And okay, in WCW's defense, they learned the hard way that they can't handle true random. <laughs> and that 1992 Halloween Havoc, but fuck that to death. There, there's no way they'd ever do that again because they, they they probably go out of business a lot sooner than they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, I agree. And actually, the so the format for those listening, they basically did something where as Mean Gene sexually mm-hmm. harassed uh, Fifi, they would have the little lottery thing where they would pull out cards and they would read off who's there. And when they would do that, they showed video on their drawn of a heel locker room and a face locker room of all the stars that could be in it, it that show their reactions. So I kind of get that, 
that's kind of like a neat idea, but it doesn't add a whole lot to the element of things. So to me, I thought it was a little campy. What I think would be cooler, because it almost ties into kind of like a, a Royal Rumble vibe. Like, the biggest reason the Royal Rumble is the most successful battle royale is because, the one, we talked about the pacing is good, but the other thing is that response, like, people like to get, getting to come out and people reacting to your music and getting to know that you're the person coming out is a big deal. So, I think it would have been really cool if the way they'd have done it is just they simply didn't have the announcements and they just said match one and everyone's in the back. And like you said, you can make it true random, you can still script it how you want, whatever. But you could just literally have the person's music play as they come out. And that's mm. when you find out who's who's going to be there. It, it's a total surprise. There's not anybody announcing it. There's not a bunch of showboating. It's just whenever whatever music plays is how it would announce it. And then when you get to the Battle Royale, you could even make the Battle Royale like uh, whatever teams win the fastest. Like let's say a team wins in three minutes versus a team that wins in ten minutes. Well, their team gets to come out last or, or something. Like you could, you could even have advantage where that, that's that it's relevant. It's not just about working with the person that you're you're working with, but you also want to do it as quickly as you possibly can because there's an advantage to winning faster. Like you get to come out later or something. See, um, the problem with a lot of companies today, even AEW, because they did the whole like casino fucking royale thing, um, mm-hmm. is that they never want to copy WWF with their Royal Rumble. But I think what they could have done that was similar at the end of having a battle royale and turn it into like a Royal rumble is mm-hmm. you book, you book a, you book a show where you have all these matches and whoever wins gets to go to the lottery thing where Fifi and, and uh, um, mean Jean is to pull out a number. So you could either like the winner would be like, I got a one. Um, that means I'm coming out number one and they would all get numbers, whoever the winner is so that they could be in this Royal rumble where they're, where they're coming out one at a time. And I think mm-hmm. they could have they could have done something like that, but instead we got this fucking clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, which <laughs> let's get into it, I guess. Let's so, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First match is and by the way, like we was talking about this off air, uh where you were having technical difficulties. This is like to us, it's Mean Gene's first appearance in WCW TV. I he's probably been on, on Saturday night already. Uh, mm-hmm. A few weeks before, but yeah, this is pretty recent for him to be here. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually realize that, so that's that's a good point for you to to say that. That makes a lot more sense. I didn't either first at first. I was like, I was typing, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Because I heard Mean Gene talking. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, he's on this. He's on WCW TV now." Okay. <laughs> well, no, what's funny is you say that, but it didn't register to me either. It's because we're watching all these shows simultaneously. The reason yeah. why it seems like he's recently on there is because he was on Raw or he's doing stuff for WWF like weeks ago. <laughs> SummerSlam, I believe. He was part yeah, of the a couple, yeah, within the, yeah, he was a part of stuff within the last few months. Uh, but yeah, this yeah. is the time that he left. And, and if I remember the story, JR said this on his podcast, uh, um, that Vince actually was more than supportive and even helped him like get more money from WCW. Like he's, and he did that for a lot of his other staff uh, when he realized, Hey, I, I can't make this work, but, uh, but Hey, let me help you so that we get you more money there. So yeah, I'm just saying shades of gray, right? Vince is not all monster. Yeah. He's a, he's a complex individual. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Put it that way. Um, first team, is Cactus Jack and Vader 
And my favorite part about this is Vader gets oh, so pissed God. off, he just stands up and shoves Rip Rogers out of his chair. <laughs> that would have been my favorite part, if not for the next part. But continue. Yeah. <laughs> the second team is is Cole and Native American superstar Charlie Norris. I... <laughs> You know where I'm going to go with this, right? Yeah, it's not Cole. It comes out is Kane, who is Stevie Ray, but he's still got to use his slave name right now. So it's, it's, yeah, okay, they got to they <laughs> drop the slave name super fast because nobody even knows them. how much of a joke is it on them. They called out Cole. Kane's the one that comes out. And then now you don't know if was Kane the one that was supposed to be called and they just botched this whole thing to show that it was predetermined. Like they gave, they gave up the whole randomness thing by showing that he was the one to come and they said it wrong, or you think they pulled he, a rib? Just, or <laughs> I don't know. Or he was a fucking idiot and he went out because he thought it was him. Like either way, well, the best part though is throughout the match, fucking Jesse Ventura and Tony Schiavone still call him Cole through the whole match. Mm-hmm. So they're still calling him Cole until the and they never come back. Like they no. they at one point Tony Schiavone right when he comes out says. Well, Cole was the one that was called, but Kane's coming out. Yeah, he, That's the only time they reference it. And then after that, they're in the match, and he keeps calling him Cole. Like Everyone keeps calling him Cole, and they never once reference again that it was accidentally Kane that was out there. And then the next one, they just call Cole anyway. It's too confusing because they have the Cole twins, and they're identical mm-hmm. twins. And then they have the, the Harlem Heat, who are not twins, but they're both big black guys. And, and one of them's Cole. bigger than the other one, but still... <laughs> I like how Booker T sells it though throughout the whole fucking night because he's like, pick me, pick me. No, (laughs) he was selling it pretty well throughout the whole night. Oh, he Uh, gets to have his moment later. (laughs) He does. Oh, yeah. There's a really funny moment in his match too, which we'll get to. But my favorite, my favorite part is like, fucking harley race like yelling at vader you have to you have to work with you him. gotta win the battle bowl you gotta try <laughs> yeah fucking thurman merman yelling at vader <laughs> <laughs> the bat, before the match even starts vader runs up on cactus pearl harbors him on the ramp <laughs> yeah and then kane comes out starts helping vader beat him up <laughs> which is really funny for a second and then i think uh Vader walk, yeah, that's when Harley's trying to talk him into working with Cactus, and then he goes back. And then there's not much to this match. Like Vader gets in the ring and does his clubber and shit, and then fat, less talented Tatanka comes in, and <laughs> Vader starts beating the smallpox off of him. It's oh my god! <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because like they're all fighting uh, Cactus Jack, and then once the Native American gets in the ring, and then they decide to have a fucking match. <laughs> I'm sorry, like this is just obviously a fucking ripoff of Tatanka, and like I didn't really think about it that much till Dubs was saying it, but the, he's right. The timing's way too suspicious, so I'm just gonna start making fun of him, especially because mm-hmm. he's he's less talented and he's fucking fat. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> He got that CM Punk skinny fat going on. Oh, he's not even skinny fat. He's like kind of like doughy. Like I don't know. (laughs) I gotta point this out because I think Vader truly got hurt fucking lifting that fat Native American while he was trying to do the Vader bomb. Yeah, because Charlie Norris is so fucking tall and he's he's kind of awkward. I feel like because he's not fucking coordinated at all. He's like really awkward in how he moves. Mm -hmm. Uh. 
Yeah, that was like I think he did kind of fuck his back up there for real, but because uh, he's well, he sold either a he really hurt it or b he really sold it really well because. I felt bad for Vader because he's like, my back. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what he did. He was like, my back. And he rolled over and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, the invincible Vader. He's got an injury. I was like, but, no, if I had to talk, I beat him. <laughs> he, he, he didn't even beat him by his own fucking uh, devices anyway. But like, The spirit uh, of him got him. They, there's an interesting spirit. There's the spot where Vader gets... Uh, He's got, yeah, he's got Norris. He starts yelling at Jack. He's like, Jack, Jack. And then Cactus just does like the best tea plunge on him while Vader's holding him. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That that was pretty neat. And he like got out of the way just like just in time. And I'm like, I, holy shit, these guys are teaming up after hating each other all year. It's- I wish they, I wish like in another universe we got them. Did, were they ever tag teams before? I don't think so. Uh, they just fought each other. They could fucking rule the tag division. Fuck. There was a couple teams or team ups or interactions on the show that made you think about, oh, that could be a good tag team, maybe. Uh, that's that's one of them. Uh, Vader does a Vader bomb and he tags Cactus in. He does a leg drop. Then Fat Taco tags Kane. He beats up Cactus, and then King tags the Native American superstar Fat Taco back in, who hits some chops and, and Snapmare. And he does a chin lock. And then Vader just comes in in the middle of Cactus being in a hole and punches him right in the fucking fat. And he sets him flying across the ring. <laughs> I mean, that's what he did. He just, Vader comes in and goes, bro, just punches him right in the stomach and he flies halfway across the ring. <laughs> and, uh,. Kane tries to do an elbow, reverse elbow thing. Cactus ducks, does the DDT. And then Vader comes in and Norris like flails around awkwardly. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. It's like he was trying to do offense, but it looked like he was having a fit. <laughs> and then Vader just fucking runs him over, does the power bomb. And that's when he fucks up, almost falls I'm over. Back. Mm-hmm. And he just says my back after he pins mm-hmm. him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good on them to do like a replay. And, like Ventura went over and after and they tried to like explain how. Like the momentum and stuff like went wrong and made it botch. Like he caught, he used his legs to catch the ring to not get caught, and he did everything he could. But Vader was too strong and and still bombed him. I was yeah. like, no, it's it's fucking mess. And we'll say this: Vader invented the first sit out release power bomb. <laughs> That's why I was like, he basically did a sit out release power bomb. I don't think you're supposed to do that, but he did it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Okay, match, not because of anything Charlie Norris did, the Native American superstar. It's novel to see Vader and Cactus team up. I gave it a 5.6 out of 10. So I I actually did two things. I put a number on it, but I also did entertain or not entertain. So I was entertained with this match. Are you not entertained? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Entertained with this match. Um, but if I had to put a score on it, I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Hey, Dubs. I love you, buddy. Dubs and I did, like, effectively the same thing. I I basically, I didn't write, like, entertain yes or no, but I, I gave a number and then I gave a check mark or an X, which effectively was the same, like, did, it, did I enjoy watching this or not? Because I wasn't sure if we were going to actually have number gradings for it or just give it a thumbs up, thumbs down type of thing. 
So I I also gave this a five and a half, and I I was I enjoyed it. I I laughed so hard during the whole selection process with the Kane Cole thing. I was like, what the fuck's <laughs> happening? Uh, and just listening to the commentary. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was kind of cool to see them team up uh, and like kind of work it out. And then even at the end, like they didn't just like start attacking each other. So. Again, it's weird. They're selling the whole idea that Battle Bowl is important, but it's fucking not. So that's what's the most hilarious about this is like you have all these performers that are going to make it seem like this is the biggest deal ever, and it's nothing. Some of if, them don't care either at all. Oh, yeah, some of them are totally checked out, but, but it's just, that's true. But the ones that are putting in the effort to do so, like, to do their job, are making mm-hmm. it seem like it's the biggest deal, and it's like it's fucking not. And it's not that hard to make it ca- matter. Like that's the thing that bothers me so much about it. But anyway, um, it, it was it was fine. So got more Mean Gene, um, fucking you know, groping and and stuff. And I and, and I wrote TV. and I I wrote this. I said, is he drunk? Like, are they on drugs? Like, what's happening? Like. <laughs> I don't think he's drunk unless he's like that weird kind of drunk where it's like you're drunk, but nobody can really tell. Mm. (laughs) Cause I've always seen like always when mean gene, like, especially (laughs) I always like when he interviewed macho man, because like, what did you do with your mouth there? What happened? Cause he did the whole tongue thing. Like, (laughs) and like, (laughs) like he'll, he'll like point out no, like no smoking on the set kind of thing. So like that damn cigarette out. Yeah, so like him seeing him being like all sexual assaulty and all that stuff, uh, I was like, "What is happening? This is not the mean gene I know." Yeah, it was kind of strange. Yeah, and it he's, really he's wore out his like, welcome throughout the show. Yeah, he's he's kind of like rapey uncle gene. It, it's weird. It's, That's why I it's, said it's a little weird. I almost yeah, wonder if if it's like they were telling him to do this and and like really telling him to like add it on. I was like, whoever came up with this fucking idea, they they didn't observe the golden rule of comedy, which is only do it three times. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. if I had to choose between um, sexual assaulter Mean Gene or the fucking duo twins of fucking Paul Roma and Eric Watts, I'd choose fucking Mean Gene fucking touching women all day. This was the other thing that got me, like, immediately I laughed. (laughs) They're like, here we got uh, Paul Roma... And Eric Watts, I was like, "What?" <laughs> they, they they made the charisma singularity. They put these two fucking guys together, and it was like a binary black hole merger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was Johnny B. Bad and Brian Knobs, aka Rocksteady. Yeah. <laughs> well, Missy Hyatt Rock. came out. And she grew. She grew her hair back out. She's hot again. Yeah, she's hot again. Like that's the... she grew it out so quickly. I'm, I'm assuming extensions. Probably yeah, it's probably extensions. Yeah, that's whatever. Saying, shit. Yeah. She's wearing yeah. like a, a a Street Fighter manager outfit. I dug it. Yep. <laughs> I didn't dug the fucking Eric Watts or Paul Roma. I was like, hey, hang on, I got something to say about Eric Watts. This is gonna be fun. Okay. So I'm like, there's just a bunch of I don't care in this match. I see like Eric Watts. And he has the name of his finisher embroidered on his tights. STF. He has step over toe hold face lock on his pants. Like, I'm just, like, what the fuck? And 
I'll give Eric Watts this. You know what? After after seeing him with Paul Roma, Eric Watts is more animated in the ring. Yes. He's he's trying a lot harder than fucking Paul Roma. Uh so Eric Watts isn't a total charisma vacuum because god damn it, at least he's fucking trying. Mm. <laughs> that so that that's actually what's funny about this. Eric Watts looks like and I mean this in the nicest way possible, but it looks like they had the spotlight out and they said, all right, for one night only, we're going to let one of you audience members come in here and show us your best. And they just picked an audience member to get out there and they managed to get a guy that wasn't in terrible shape. Like he's a like, you know, decent shape, but it's basically your average Joe, like just milk toast, white bread piece of shit. It's just like really bland. And he kind of knows got, what he's doing. Like it looks yeah, like, like he's... he's just, <laughs> Yeah, like he wrestled in high school, and he he's loved wrestling all of his life, but he's never actually done this in any professional way. And he's just trying his best, and he's just happy to be there. And he is still like at least ten times more entertaining than Paul Roma. Dear God, I want like I, my balls itch when the man's on screen. <laughs> and then we all saw that video about him and Alex Wright. I guess I guess we all watched that, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Poor oh boy, that's right. I cannot wait to see him. I'm so excited. Right, the, I know. The, the fucking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a quick thing. Every time I see Eric Watts, my autistic brain like decides to do like lore that's not really lore. But you know, you know the movie Terminator Two. Um, you know John Connor's friend, like when they go to the arcade and tells the uh, liquid Terminator, like, "Oh no, I've never seen it before." I imagine that's Eric Watts when he was young and he grew up to be <laughs> Eric Watts when he is now. Budnick from yeah. Salute Your Shorts? Yeah. That's <laughs> who that is. Another Salute Your Shorts. We got another one. <laughs> the deepest cuts on this show. This is why you watch, kids. Just wait. This We're going to see watch. two donkey lips in one match. <laughs> I did it again with three. Combo breaker. Combo breaker. <laughs> Yeah, but I agree with you. Eric Watts was more charisma than Paul Roma. Like we and- gave Eric Watts a really hard time, like earlier in the show, mm-hmm. and, they, and I saw him next to Paul Roma. I'm like, you know what? He's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes in order to stand out, even even whenever you were the, the plainest, like a Wonder Bread in the room, sometimes you just got to stand next to a glittering turd, <laughs> gleaming turd. It's, it's one Paul Roma as he is the gleaming turd of WCW. So we we missed some lore apparently where we stopped watching Saturday Night because it was so bad. Uh, where apparently Eric Watts helped patch things up between Johnny B. Bad and Max Payne. I heard that. And I thought to myself, "Dear God, what happened?" I, like, I don't even know. Uh, so Johnny B. Bad got his face burned and he was horribly disfigured and shit and. He wanted revenge, and that's really weird because, especially because of how you see him act in this match, where he's like just a pure baby face the whole time. <laughs> and he said, "Cactus Jack is Max Payne's spiritual advisor." <laughs> I'm like, "What the hell? <laughs> how does that? I don't know if you should follow spiritual advice from Cactus Jack. I don't know about that." Hey, let's talk about this, how Cactus Jack's not even been back for like three months since he got amnesia and was lost as a homeless man in Cleveland, and he came back, and in that time frame, Max Payne was like, that's the guy I want to follow in my life. You know what? That makes total sense, though. 
Nobs and Missy are constantly browbeating Johnny B. Bad, trying to get him to cheat or interfere, and he refuses constantly. Yeah. And even helps the baby faces. We hate Paul Roma, but he's a baby face. <laughs> but he's mostly helping Eric Watts. Like, Eric Watts gets his eye raked or some shit. He's like, oh, oh fuck! And he's like, you all right? You all right, brother? And he waits until he, he can see again until he fights him. I'm like, there's a baby face right there. <laughs> I, I just I just realized something about this match. And also, fuck me, this match was 13 minutes long. It's but long. how in the fuck am I watching how in the fuck am I watching a tag team match? And of the four wrestlers, the one I care about most is Brian fucking Nobbs. There's this weird thing with the nasty boys where it's like we all know they're like not the best wrestlers, but when they're used the right way. They'll stand out and they'll be good. <laughs> right. I don't even mean that in a bad way, but that's the thing is like it, it's three just very generic baby faces that I just don't give a shit about in this ring. And then Brian Nobbs, who is just having to work like heal as much as he possibly can in the situation. But I, I'm not going to root against him. I want him to win because the others are turds. Yeah. And. Uh- Here's the finish, because I'm not going to go over the stuff that happens in this match. I do that several times in this pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rocksteady whips Eric Watts into the corner, and then he bounces out, and then he tries to hit a high crossbody, but Rocksteady just reverses the momentum and gets a handful of STF tights, and he gets three. Oh, no, he put his finger in his butthole. Like, I mean, he, he gave him the Rocksteady oh, butthole fucking yeah. feel, <laughs> feel up thing, whatever the fuck I'm going to call that. He gave that. him the fucking know. oil check. <laughs> little Little Richard was not pleased by this. Thank you, Richard. He's Little Richard. It's fucking Jivey Bad's Little Richard. <laughs> that is, it's, it's gimmick. He's like, I'm Little Richard. It, it is his gimmick. He was bad because he cheated. And I said, this match was boring because there was nobody to really care about in it. Mm. But mechanically, there was nothing wrong with it. Like, nobody was bad. So I can't call it like a fucking terrible match. So I gave it a four point one out of ten. <laughs> um, obviously because I fucking hate Paul Roma and Eric Watts, uh, and like the only good thing I could say is that Brian Nobbs was fucking like I I can't believe I'm praising Brian Nobbs. And this like, he was out there. She was working the crowd. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm right there with you. Uh, I was not entertained, but I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna give it like a three or a two, like that one time where that WCW fucking thing where I gave it like a one something. But I, I gave it a four point five out of ten. So my the funniest thing about this is when he's going to the ring. Brian Nobbs, I'm pretty sure it was him. He he gets close to the camera, and he goes, "I gotta put this idiot on my shoulders and carry him." And ironically, that's what he did. It's actually kind of what back. happened. That's exactly what happened. He carried his whole fucking bat because these guys were fucking useless. Um, I gave this a four. I wasn't entertained. I was like, Ugh. but I feel bad because Nobbs is like the only thing that stood out by it. But like. I mean, he's, Eric he's Watts stood out. And shit. Eric Watts stood out. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we said it. It's too late. We can't take it back. <laughs> yeah, did he though? 
we we said that when you put him next it's to like, the gleaming turd, you realize, like, holy shit. Yeah, he stood out in the same way that someone has to win the gold medal at the Special Olympics, but like I, they're still all retarded at the end, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm I, I know that sounds like a mean thing to say, but it just I, I, the it, funny I, thing is that Eric Watts isn't even like an asshole. He was like a decent guy. <laughs> I'm it's not Paul, hating on like, the guy. I know, I know. It's a great Paul, person. It's just like his character. I just don't care about it. Just, I know. Paul Rowe was the secret asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the charisma vacuum. I mean, in all in all things, me just like rounding off and just saying really mean spirited stuff. Like I know if I got in the ring, probably, people probably wouldn't give a shit about what I was doing in there too. That's why I got a different career. <laughs> just saying. So we're in the ballpark there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Then we get. Uh, Paul Orndorff and the Shockmaster, which is kind of funny. First, Ricky Steamboat and Lord Steven Regal, which is also funny. <laughs> I have some stuff to say about this match because a lot of stuff actually happened in this match. <laughs> yeah, this was one that when I saw the match result, because I, I I saw the match result before um, I when I was looking at the card, I just I ended up actually spoiling it for myself and not knowing who was I, I saw this one anyway. But I kept thinking, how the fuck are they going to lose? Well, you find out. <laughs> exactly. Like, watching it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, yeah. they actually made it work. So, like, Paul and Steamboat start out doing cool shit. They work really well together. I could watch those guys wrestle, like, a lot and mm-hmm. probably not get bored of it. But uh, he throws Steamboat over the rope. And he does the skin the cat thing. But then he hangs on. And pulls himself up and head scissors Paul out, which was cool. Yes. Uh, and they go to the floor and they start fighting. And there's really good camera work showing like how snug all the punches and stuff are. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's really hitting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they get back in the ring. Steamboat's got a headlock. And Paul's hitting him with forearms. And Steamboat manages to get away and he tags. Uh, Regal tag or not Regal? Uh, Paul tags Shockmaster. I had like a typo there, and then Regal calls Steamboat an imbecile very loudly. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "You imbecile, tag me in!" And finally, Regal does get tagged in, and he like wipes his hands on his trunks and he looks disgusted. <laughs> and, and then he, he doesn't really look like he wants to get in the ring now because it's against the Shockmaster, but he he, he gets in there anyway. And none of his offense works. It's like he's doing European uppercuts, and Uncle Fred just no-sells it, basically. Mm-hmm. And Regal goes for a crossbody, he gets caught, and then the Master of Shocks just body slams him. And Regal, the- se- Regal sells it like he was shot with a gun, though, which was amazing. Yeah, and then the Paula <laughs> chants start, you know, Fucking raining down. And I'm like, no, he he sold it though. He he sold he he no sold the Paula chance. So well, he was selling them at first, and the the funny thing is, through the match, Shockmaster's do causing Paula chance. He's he's egging it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Paul gets tagged in, and then we're seeing him work against Regal now, and this is really funny <laughs> because. The heels get in the ring and they're wrestling scientifically and showing each other respect and sportsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> and then Steamboat's out there getting like inordinately pissed off about this. <laughs> and then it's like it's really weird and funny. And then 
Regal keeps he notices this and he's like, "You wanted me to wrestle, and I'm bloody wrestling." And, it, <laughs> and then it's like Steamboat just gets so mad that he tags Regal in, and they're arguing, and then it's Steamboat Paul again, and they're they're wrestling, and. I think Steamboat tries to do a Fez press, but Paul just stun guns him on the ropes. He, like, catches him and does that. Dude, that stun gun looked fucking crazy. Like, it balanced fucking uh, Steamboat's fucking head. Yeah, he went he went all in on that. It was a good one. Um, hmm. And then uh, Paul just starts cutting him down. He's hitting, like, elbow drops, forearms, all this shit. He does, like, a side slam. And then he tags Shockmaster. And Shockmaster comes in and misses an elbow drop. And Steamboat manages to tag Regal. And Shockmaster throws him in the corner. And he goes for, like, avalanche, but he trips on Regal and, like, hits the turnbuckle. Classic <laughs> Shockmaster. Yeah, you got to get got to get it in the klutz thing with him. I'm like, hey, at least it's, I guess it's a gimmick. <laughs> uh, Regal sees an opportunity, and he goes and gets Sir William's umbrella. And then Steamboat grabs it out of his hands. And... Regal clocks Steamboat in the back of the head, and then Regal's like, fuck it, and he just hits him in the throat with the umbrella. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, Uncle Fred pins Regal for three. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, like, I'm like, Steamboat was acting kind of out of character in this match, and, like, it was weird, but it was entertaining for what it was. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm just like, this whole pay-per-view is weird so far. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, this is really odd. What do you guys think about this? I thought it was uh, it felt Looney Tunes at times it because did. it like Steamboat. Like every time Steamboat was wrestling, and and you know Lord Stephen Regal and Paul Orndorff uh, were wrestling, it was good. But then they like did these side things, like Ricky Steamboat would like chase um, a Regal's guy. I forgot his was it Sir Sir William. Sir William, like he would chase him around because if you remember, I think the last time they wrestled, Sir William used the umbrella to cost him the match, right? Mm-hmm. So they're doing that side thing, and then obviously fucking Shockmaster being a fucking uh, a dunce all over the fucking ring. Like he he'll wrestle and then he'll have his little Shockmaster moments, and I was like. <laughs> All right, and then Paul Orndorff, like they had to put the Paula thing in there because of the chants that were happening. But like when it ended, it ended it, and I was still entertained. So, but it, it's just a lot of Looney Tunes. If I, I also thought it was super. I'll go ahead and finish. Sorry. Yeah, if I had to give it like a score, I'd be like, it's very mid, five out of ten for me. Give it six. Yeah, I also gave it a six. I, I was entertained by it. I, I, I was briefly away but i was still able to listen and i agree i loved the the bit where it, like the the pacing of the match has been going a completely different way and then regal and order get in and it's like a new match started <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a baby face scientific wrestling match it's like they're in fucking wide world of sports <laughs> and then steve, and steve gets pissed off just talking about it still just sounds so fucking weird he gets really mad about that for some reason he's like are you fucking kidding me i wrestled both of these ass clowns and neither of them treated me this way i'm like fucking steamboat <laughs> that's kind of how i think it i thought that was hilarious i also yeah. thought it was funny that shockmaster like paula paul didn't want to get in the ring 
and Shockmaster uh, is and he, or he wants to get out of the ring and every time he would like interact with Shockmaster, Shockmaster would get the Apollo chance going, like some like just big oaf. And that would piss him off, and he's like, "Fine, I'll fucking do it instead." <laughs> that would get him worked up to do it. Uh, I, I, I just, enjoyed, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Again, I, I was also appreciative that they found some hokey way to actually make it make sense that these two lost, because otherwise, it just didn't make any sense that Ricky Steamboat and Regal would have lost to Orndorff and Shockmaster. I guess it's not fair to them, and just just seeing those names, like it just it's weird to figure out how that would go over. But the obvious thing is, you want Shockmaster in the battle royale because it creates that element of oh, he's a big guy. How do we get him over? It's like oh, don't worry, nature finds a way. We'll, we'll learn later. Uh, but but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I gave it a six. Yeah. Uh, up next is that uh, press junket thing where they show Vader with. Harley Race and Mean Gene, and they're talking about the location of Starcade, and this cracked me up because Mean Gene's like build it up. It's like they're they're bidding on it in, in Great Britain and New Zealand and Australia and, and Japan and and and, and uh, New York City and and L A and Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> I was like, like. I'm not down in Charlotte, North Carolina, but Charlotte, North Carolina is is not as big as it is today, like back then. Well, they try to t- they try to mm-hmm. tatter it like oh the Charlotte Hornets and all that stuff and the new Carolina Panthers. They but tried the- to make it seem more legitimate, yeah. But I thought it was like to bring back what Chaz was saying, like if Ric Flair won the the Battle Bowl and like brought the contract to whatever WCW main event show. Um, to like bring it to Vader, and he but, says like I want to bring it to North Carolina. Woo! Yeah, like that would have made Fuck. more sense than having like <laughs> goofy like Japan and all that stuff. It is like North Carolina. I was like, all right, all right. we did it. I got, we, I got, I got the, the the easiest booking, and it ties into what you just said. Ric mm. Flair wins this following show. You give Ric Flair a chance to get out there and cut a promo about how about ten years, ten years prior, he beat. He won the original Starcade main event and beat Harley Race. He wants to take this back to his hometown. It means the world to him, and that's that's where it's going to be. And then Vader comes out with Harley Race, and they cut a promo about how he doesn't deserve to have it there. He got lucky that he won it over some bullshit or whatever, and they're not going to give him the match, and there's not anything that WCW can do. They come up with some weird contract thing. So that's when Flair comes up with the bit of, okay, fine. I'll put my money where my mouth is. You sign this and we and you take me on. If you beat me, I'll walk away from wrestling forever. Just like you did. Like you could literally do the same angle right there. And it's just in one spot where it's in front of people, crowd gets behind it, and it's signed, and you don't have any of this other hokey bullshit that makes no sense. Like you hired a high school A V team to help you come up with your fucking booking. <laughs> but Vader, here I am, man. Did Vader put his mask black, by the way, to match his tuxedo? Yeah, he's got different color yeah. masks and shit. Yeah. Uh, he knows how to color coordinate. Uh, I also like how Vader stands in the background. He's always like laughing and and just enjoying how his power and how evil he is. He's such a big dude. Like he's, he's like sta- he's like standing back there. And BG's trying to talk about like there's a bidding war. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 if, if Vader was still alive, he'd be an acclaimed guy. 
gotta be scissor oh, me yeah. vader oh oh <laughs> damn it. scissor me scissor me daddy mastodon um, <laughs> there it is so the next match is uh cholesterol and the equalizer versus glucose and dusted roads <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering i can't remember which one is which <laughs> Uh, awesome Kong is cholesterol because he's like a little fatter and he's also angry. This is uh, <laughs> this is what started rolling my eyes, like when they started splitting up the tag teams. Yeah, they needed too much. They needed to make it so it didn't seem as scripted. Yeah, they probably should have kept a couple teams together because some sometimes that shit doesn't work, especially when it happens too often. That's what it started happening too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin kind of wrestles with the equalizer because he can kind of wrestle. Like, I'm not saying the equalizer can't fucking wrestle because he, he has his shit that he does and he's okay. Well, he can't wrestle diabetes. But Dustin can't wrestle with these fucking cholesterol Kongs and shit. They're too fucking fat and immobile. And that's when I made my comment where I'm like, I love that wrestling is like the only sport where like being a nearly fat, immobile fuck makes you a threat. <laughs> Somehow, and you're supposed to buy it. Well, they had Dustin, they had Dustin Rhodes in there, and like you would think the crowd would be. High. I mean, obviously they were cheering for Dustin. The yes, cra- the crowd was dead. Like the crowd was fucking. It's like when Dustin got out of the ring, the crowd died. Yeah. They gave a shit. <laughs> and then Tony yeah, said, like at some point, like uh, Equalizer and fucking Glucose are just punching each other in the corner, and then Tony's like, well. This is what you call a bunch of not moving around, just hitting each other. Shots <laughs> 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 fired, <laughs> and it was God. This was terrible. Like at some point, mm-hmm. Dustin hit a sunset flip on cholesterol, but like he doesn't kick out of it so much as just kind of rolls over. <laughs> he can't mm-hmm. kick out, and I don't know what happened. It, but it looked like everybody got tired and collapsed in the ring, except Dustin. And then he's just like, oh, shit, and he hits a bulldog real quick and gets <laughs> yeah, he, a three, he did, and yeah, he rolls out of the bulldog. ring immediately. <laughs> and I don't blame him either, because this fucking sucked. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I, I, I'll give you my score, because I don't have a lot of notes down. I kind of go, what the fuck am I watching? Like, I, I, I was like, I wrote Bulldog, get out of town, please. Get out of Dodge. And I wrote, not, enter- not entertained, three out of ten. Where you go, Chaz? What do you think about this? So I just realized the thing I'm looking at actually has star ratings for this. And I just want to note that this one got negative three stars. <laughs> but uh, that being said, uh, I actually didn't rate it. Uh, I put no for entertained, but I actually thought it was a squash match from how it like looked because of timing. And I was like, well, this kind of just did a whole lot of nothing. And then it just ended. So I didn't rate it. But if I had to give it a rating, I'd probably give it a four and a half. Oh, so it's pretty, or maybe, maybe a four. I, I, I'm trying to spitball guess. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be generous and just say four and a half. Cause it wasn't, it still wasn't as bad as the Paul Roman match, because I had to endure 13 minutes of that fucking godforsaken shit. At least this had the decency to, to kill itself halfway through. I was a lot harsher on this match than you guys were. I'm kind of surprised by this. 
I gave this match a 2.4 out of 10. Woo! And oh. listen, and like I know I rated the the fucking the Eric Watts fucking Paul Roma black hole merger with Little Richard and and Rocksteady match higher. But it's like I said, mechanically that match was fine. Mm-hmm. There was it wasn't like like it's one thing to like not care about the guys in the ring, but it's another work, for it to act also just be bad work too. To I, be I get fucking it. terrible work. Yeah, that's what this was. And it's just like like I said, I'm not ragging on the equalizer. It's just he's okay uh, from what I've seen of him, but like putting him in there with those fucking immobile tubs of lard. And Dustin's got to be in there with him. I'm like, God, talk about being I in totally a dead forgot, spot. I totally forgot about them, to be honest. Because like we Me took too. A, we took a break with WCW, and I'm just like, oh, let's see what this battle ball is all about. And I'm like, those fat motherfuckers are in there. God damn it! I don't know why those guys are there still. What happened to fucking Wrecking Crew? I'd rather this have been fucking yeah, man, crew or some shit. <laughs> Where's the computer salesman for fucking uh, Best Buy? Yeah, we need the Best Buy guy back. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I, it was just offensive because of how bad the work was. It was just, you got these two fat guys that can't brawl because they're too fat. They get mm. tired after like three punches, and like I said, it's like they all just got tired, and then Dustin hit a bulldog. That's what it looked like happened. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll you've swayed me a little bit. I'll, I'll put this at a four. I can at least put this at the same level as Eric Watts and Paul Roman for the lack of charisma for the same for the reasons that you mentioned. Okay, I mean, you know, I mean, you don't got to be convinced by me. It's just what I think. <laughs> no, well, to be fair, like again, I when I watched it, I just I instantly didn't like I stopped assessing it because I was like, oh well, this was a useless squash that was a waste. I mean, I checked out, but like, still, I couldn't like, I kind of couldn't look away. Basically, what happened was I didn't have to write as many notes, but I sat there and watched it. It was, <laughs> so, slow, it was a slow motion car crash, but nobody died. Yeah, like going to a strip joint and like you're looking at a chubby fucking stripper and like, please don't touch me. Sorry, um, subhuman garbage, get away! You can't. <laughs> it's like you, you really don't want to like do it but you just count all of her c-section scars oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that was good. so we go from like death to like okay we get sting and and sags bebop with missy hyatt against keith cole and ron simmons damn i feel bad for keith cole me I got too. really confused when they called for Keith Cole because I thought they were calling for Cole and so did Cole and then they said it was the Cole <laughs> brothers and I was like, wait a second. See, this is what I talked about earlier. There's too many Coles. <laughs> Vince McMahon was on to something, wasn't he? He's too, too many pronouns, pal. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Adam Cole, baby. Ron, Ron and Bebop start off and I'm going to go into this match too because stuff <laughs> happened in this match too. So, <laughs> Bebop hits a forearm but then Ron reverses a hip toss into his own hip toss, and he does a drop kick and a clothesline and a flying football tackle. I'm like, yeah, Ron Simmons. Mm-hmm. I forgot about Ron Simmons. Yeah. And then he tags Keith Cole, and then he starts doing like an arm ringer, which this is a running thread through this entire match. Keith Cole really likes doing an arm ringer. <laughs> he doesn't really know how to do much else. Yeah, th- this, this is uh, pertinent information. <laughs> Bebop gets yeah. out of this and he starts beating down Keith Cole. 
And then Sting wants to get in, but Bebop keeps blowing him off. And he's like, wait your turn, punk! And then Keith Cole turns the tables and arm drags him, puts him in an arm bar. And then Bebop's like, Sting! Sting! <laughs> like, right after that. <laughs> I don't know, it was funny to me. <laughs> and then we get a whoop, there it is chant. I'm like, God damn it, there it is, we got it. <laughs> whoop, there it is. And then Ron and Sting are in the ring. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Um, and it was. Uh, they do crisscross shoulder block spots where they shoulder block each other, and then they show respect. And then Ron drop toe hold Sting, and then he tags in Keith Cole. And then Keith and Sting have a moment where they compliment each other's fucking badass haircuts. Yeah, they're flat tops. <laughs> and, and then wrestle. <laughs> And then Sting arm drags Cole, and then he tags Bebop, who gets arm dragged by Cole. Was, <laughs> I don't know why it was funny to me. Too. He, he, he get, no, that was hilarious because he gets in there like with all the confidence in the world, and immediately gets thrown his fucking ass. <laughs> like, so hard at that. <laughs> See, the nasties are like they. There's something about them where they get used the right way. They're fun. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't last, though, because Bebop gets up and he starts hitting knee drops and forearms and leg drops. And then Ron gets back in and Bebop, Bebop tags Sting. Sting hits a crossbody, clothesline, and then Ron and Sting face off for a moment. And they lock up. But then Ron doesn't break clean. He hits like a spinning punch, shoots Sting off, hits a power slam for two. Power slam. He, he uh, tags Cole in. And he puts him in an arm ringer, and then Ron gets annoyed about this. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets back in. He tags. He kind of tags himself in, and he grabs Sting and just drives his fucking face into the mat. <laughs> and then he does a guillotine. So it's like Ron's getting kind of rough now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he tags Keith Cole in, and he's like, "Finish him off!" And it's like when Ron <laughs> Simmons. Ron Simmons is yelling at you like you want to fucking do what he says. <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? He gets an arm ringer back on. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and then Ron's shaking his head. head. You see Rob being like, man, what the hell? <laughs> Over there in the corner. And then Sting hits like a big clothesline and a suplex, and Ron's ranting over in the corner. <laughs> and then he hits a stinger splash. And then when he runs into his corner, Bebop tags Sting, but Sting doesn't realize it. And he hits the Technodrome elbow drop off the top rope, and he, he gets a three. The Technodrome elbow drop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Crash. it wasn't a good elbow drop, but, like, you know, it, like, I rate that elbow drop probably, like, a four out of ten, maybe. <laughs> oh, no, give him more credit than that. He covered some fucking distance on that he elbow co- drop. He covered some distance, but his form was, like, kind of shit, you know? Yeah, he he, he kind of looked like CM Punk, but just fatter. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. But he he jumped farther, so it's like, eh, I'll see (laughs) first. Figure that one out. (laughs) After the match, Ron's mad. He's yelling at Keith Cole, and Keith Cole's like, man, whatever. I just want to leave. He leaves. And then Ron fucking turns him around and starts punching him. And he hits the spine buster. He beats his ass, and he kicks him a few times and yells, and he's like, damn! And he leaves. <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite part. They're like veering away. They're trying to go to the next segment. And you can just see in the background. He is stomping the shit out of him. <laughs> Beat the fuck out of this guy. And I'm like, I guess Ron's a heel now. I, like, I don't know how else to take that. <laughs> well, it's weird because I, I kind of thought the same thing too. And I was like, oh, that's a neat little thing to kind of build on this. 
But then Jesse Ventura kind of just takes all the wind out of it and says, ah, well, you know, that's Ron's legendary temper, but the fans are still behind him, and they just move on. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Ron just gets angry sometimes. Mm. Don't don't be a fucking joke-ass sissy white boy. When he tells you to fucking finish somebody, you finish him. Yeah, put him in him. a goddamn arm ringer. Yeah, pin him. <laughs> Do a high impact move or something. He's like, hit him with something. Hit him with a DDT, you fucking retard. Like, yeah. <laughs> Don't you know any moves that hurt people? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, okay, match. Especially when Sting and Ron was in there, it was interesting. I gave it a six out of ten. Yes, I was entertained. Uh, besides, like Keith Cole's fucking arm shit. But uh, no, that was the most entertaining part. I laughed so fucking hard during that. Well, the wrestling wise, I was just like, it's retarded, but it's funny. Uh, I gave the same score a six out of ten. I, I also gave it a six out of ten and gave it oh the old check mark of entertainment. Look at that. The See, we, gave it, we hit it with the fucking number of the beast, guys. We did the trios <laughs> super kick party bullshit, whatever. I don't know what to call it yet. <laughs> Uh, stunning Steve Austin with Colonel Parker and Ric Flair Woo. versus Dub's favorite WCW superstar Max Payne and Two Cold Scorpio. So whatever ha- whatever happened where like uh fucking Johnny B. Bad forgave Max Payne. Apparently he forgave him on how he was dressing because now he dresses. What was that? Pajama pants. He has pajama. I, at first, I thought it was pajama pants because you said something about that one time, and they were basically pajama pants. But no, they're tights. They're just yeah. really shitty tights because he was wearing the 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 briefs over them, mm-hmm. like, like uh, we was talking about before with these other jobbers and their terrible fashion sense. Yeah, he just started wearing the tights now. I, I wanted to make the joke that Max Payne looks like he bought his outfit at Torrid, but I can't make that joke because I don't think Torrid existed yet. But for those that don't know that, that's a place where where plus size women buy clothes and they buy leggings. Yeah. So yeah. We went to JC Penny and like said, I want something like Hot Topic, and you're just like, okay, we'll go to Hot Topic and make up fucking big clothes for you. That's the <sighs> thing, though. Hot Topic discriminates against larger people. Yeah. It does they want that extra small? Like you buy buy that two X, but we shrunk it already. So I hope you're ninety pounds or less. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Austin and Payne start off. And I don't have a lot to say about this match because what ends up happening is uh, like Payne overpowers Austin for a bit and then he tags Scorpio in. And then Austin gets a little offense on him until he shoots Scorpio off. He goes for a hip toss, but Scorpio spins him around and I think they like miscommunicated or something because they both landed kind of awkwardly. <laughs> mm. like, I, I think it was supposed to be like a cool reversal fucking spot or some shit, but like it was like Austin was like, I've never wrestled this guy before, and he kind of fucked up or something. Yeah, it looked kind of it looked kind of rough, but it looked cool. Yeah, it did look. It was going to be cool. It, yeah, I mean, it's still, <laughs> even the end result kind of looked cool, just in a weird. If you could tell it was a botch, but it kind of looked neat. It's like yeah. oh, played off like it, it's supposed to happen. They kind they kind of picked it back up quickly instead of being like, oh shit, we fucked up our spot. We got to try to do it again. I, mm-hmm. Don't do that. <laughs> just move on. Exactly. Just move on. Uh, Austin tags Flair in, and this is where like I stopped taking a lot of notes because what happened was the match just started going like really fast. Uh. And I think Flair wanted to wrestle Scorpio is what is, is why. <laughs> yeah, because who would want to fucking wrestle Max Payne? Yeah, I mean, Ric Flair is known to, 
like if he wants to work with somebody, he'll make it a point to do it. And I think this is what happened. And because Ric Flair does things with certain people that he likes to work with or he wants to. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do really fast stuff and he gives Scorpio some offense. And then R- Ric Flair does his thing with people he likes to do. He likes to do the bridge spot where both the guys are on the ground and the guy on the bottom's got Flair in like a waist lock and they have to bridge up and then they turn it into that backslide thing. Mm-hmm. He does that with Steamboat. He's done that with Perfect. Etc. Uh, but they wrestle for a while, and then Flair tags Austin in, and they kind of take turns just beating up Scorpio. <laughs> but Scorpio yep. still manages to get in some offense, or he escapes or something. Yeah. Uh, did it, did it feel like Scorpio uh, was a little held back? I don't think so. I think because it's like where's Scorpio's position on the card compared to like Ric Flair, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, we gotta think about this way. Typically, Scorpio's the hot tag. He mm-hmm. comes in and does the stuff where Bagwell's the one that's like getting his ass beat for a while and taking all the heat. And then instead, in this one, Scorpio's just getting his ass kicked by two different guys that are like one guy that's at the top of the card, one guy that is quickly climbing toward the top of the card. And Austin, when Austin was in there, uh, Scorpio would typically get to fight back, and usually Austin would get mm-hmm. fucked up, and then Flair would get mad at him. <laughs> there was one there was one transition that was fucking rough. It's uh I think I want to say Austin is getting beaten up a little bit and uh, had some just tandem offense that Scorpio threw his way and he comes back and, and tags Flair in and Scorpio goes to do something, they do like an Irish whip and he dodges and he comes back and Flair just chops the bejesus out of him. And he just falls straight to the fucking mass. Like, God damn, I heard that 30 <laughs> years in the future. <laughs> man, we, he lays chops in. Like, he does. Man, oof. <laughs> I want to see, you want to see like some, some real chop fest? Not that bullshit they do now where like those guys from New Japan stand there and fucking take turns. You see Ric Flair and Ronnie Garvin. Holy fuck. <laughs> They chopped each other so much that, like, they caused their chests to bleed. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, like, Ric Flair was worse off. Than, Ronnie Garvin lays him in harder than Ric Flair. But he does the overhand chop, not the, the, the knife. Right. So he's just going, yeah. like, wham, like, right to your chest. Uh, yeah. And, like, it was so bad, Flair had to, like, cover his chest and, like, fucking Preparation H shit so he wouldn't get, like, an infection. It was, like, that bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, Max Page stays on the apron the whole time while the match is, like, decent. <laughs> yeah. I think that was smart, by the way. Yeah, line. me too. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that might have been a flare call. Uh, there was I like the interplay between Austin and Flair. Like, Flair's fucking with him and be like, tag me. Oh, woo! Like, do that shit. And, <laughs> and like, that Austin was... Making fun of him while he had Scorpio in a headlock or some shit. Um, I like when he's ordering, Flair was ordering, and Moran's like, Get up there! Get up there! And like he was actually listening to him. <laughs> and then, uh, the finish is uh, to Payne got tagged in, and then uh, Austin tagged Flair in, and Flair chops him a few times, but it doesn't really work because he's a huge guy. 
and then Payne shoots him in the turnbuckle. He goes for like a flying knee, but flare ducks, and he kind of like knees the turnbuckle. And he's like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> he falls down holding his knee. And he, Flair full Peter Griffin. He's like, "Eh." Ah. <laughs> and then Flair's like, "Oh shit!" And he gets the figure four on, and he gets a rare submission victory with the figure four. <laughs> <sighs> Solid match, I thought. All things considered. There is one thing that happens immediately after the match ends. Steve Austin climbs up to the top turnbuckle, but botches it and fucking falls off. And then <laughs> fucking fucking eats it, like eats canvas, and then gets up and rolls out of the ring. And they sell it like he was going to jump and hit Flair, but Flair turned around, so he bailed. But, you know, he straight up just... You go back and watch it at the end to see, he just straight, like, beefs it. Yeah. <laughs> he just bails the whole thing. It's pretty fucking funny. Um... I'm glad he was okay. Like he didn't hurt himself, and he like just played it off like oh whatever. But uh, it, it was pretty great. I gave it a five point nine out of ten. I gave it a five point five out of ten. I was entertained. Um, I mean, it's Ric Flair. It's fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, the only it's person I fucking hated is, is Max Payne. Um, yeah. not because of how he dresses. Just like if he was in the match, it would have slowed down terribly. Um, and probably bored the shit out of me. So I think, like you said, Rick Flair said, hey, fat, so stay on the apron. You probably said it a little bit more diplomatically than that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was pretty high on this match, guys. I, I gave it a six and a half. I, I really like. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, maybe it was because I didn't get to see Flair and Too Cold wrestle. I, I, I liked when they were wrestling. It made, it made me wish they could have a singles match or some shit at some point. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Like, I, I love them wrestling in the ring. And thankfully, Max Payne was not like minimally involved, which I thought was smart. Like, among how other matches were handled and the length of things, uh, like this, I thought this match was handled fairly well. There were little bits, uh, the little bits between Steve and Rick were good. And also, I really liked uh, when Steve would get like overwhelmed or upset, like, you know, basically eating his own uh, words. He'd roll out of the ring, and Colonel Robert Parker's like, get back in there. You got to put him on your heart and soul, boy. And he's like, popping the cigar. <laughs> and, and yelling at him and stuff. I, I don't know. I was entertained, and I, I liked the wrestling that happened. Um, and I liked the finish they came up with. was like a fresh Max Payne comes in and is going to do something, and then just out of like the clumsiness, like messing his knee up, Flair seizes the opportunity and gets a submission. I thought that was smart to still protect too cold. Because of the two guys, like that's the one you got to protect more. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. So I, I just thought that ma- that match was actually very well booked in terms of how it was laid out, um, and gave Flair and Steve Austin a chance to work together too, which is another rare thing. So, like in terms of actually like tagging together, I guess we're working together. But yeah, yeah. Is this the part where uh, Mean Gene starts to look up scared of Fifi? Yeah, that's where he made that joke about. He's like, I had to tie my shoes, but. These are like a bad pair of wingtips, which there's no laces on those. It's like, it's a yeah. loafer. <laughs> I can't remember if it was, yeah, I can't remember if it, it was this one or the next one. Cause there's another one where she, she's down and comes back up. And there's another one where she's like, well, you don't blow on it. Like I, that, that was the one that got me that let you laugh the hardest. It was earlier, but he, he, they're like turned around talking to each other and giggling. And she goes, Hey, what do I do with this? And he's like, well, don't, you don't need to blow on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just turn back around, and it's like the dumbest thing because the crowd's right behind him. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No, I like, it, it would have made like, more sense if they were backstage. 
I like exactly. when he kept on dropping the like microphone on the thing. He's like, oh, hold, hold on. <laughs> I'm having a really good time, guys. Yeah. Uh, Creepy Gene. Next, we got Ravishing Rick Rude and Shanghai Pierce versus 1992 WCW Rookie of the Year, Marcus <laughs> Alexander Bagwell and Tex Lazinger. And first, I like that Rick Rude got in front of the camera and was like, yeah, somebody's about to have a rude awakening. And he fucking runs out there. I'm like, yeah, somebody else did interact with the camera. All right. <laughs> and then I love Rick Rude. I fucking love Rick Rude so much. <laughs> Tex comes out and he's like walking towards the camera and he says, I don't know who's picking those names, but somebody's going to pay for this. And I'm like, you've been watching the pay-per-view the whole time on the monitor. You know who's picking the names. Of all the teams to give to give this degree of the angle to, why these two? And I also want to point out, aside from the Battle Royale, we'll get to why that was so fucking long, but aside from that match, this was the longest match on the entire card. It was, and this is this is one. This Why? is one where I didn't write a bunch of notes because there wasn't like a lot happening in it. Uh, like the rating will kind of betray that a little bit, but I'll get into that later. Uh, I've also got to say I'm surprised Jesse doesn't jump all over text for that, like that that obviously dumb line, because that seems like something Jesse would latch on to immediately and start like just browbeating the shit out of you. <laughs> Oh, be fair, no, you I, idiot. If you not hear the pay-per-view, this is what we've this been whole watching the is. pay-per-view the whole time back there. How does he not know? <laughs> <laughs> that damn, that's a good impersonation. <laughs> I'll start doing Jesse impressions now, too. Yeah, I you guess. guys start doing that. You do that, and I'll keep working on my so cold. It's not very aliens. good. I got, uh, aliens, Oh. You want, you want some of this shit? It'll t- turn you into a goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say the other line. There's a hard, there's a hard F in there. Yeah, that's okay. But <laughs> <laughs> the sexual Tyrannosaurus got me. <laughs> that's a good reference. I've heard it, that in a lot. It rhymes with carrot. Um, yeah. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> Marcus and Rude start off, and then Rude <laughs> hits a few strikes and he suplexes Bagwell without falling down which looks fucking cool and then Rude's just like cursing up a storm this whole match huh. he's like he's like talking to Shay guys like you're my partner now he ain't shit <laughs> like you can clearly hear him straight plain as day <laughs> and like Tex puts him in somebody in an armory I think it was Marcus and he's like uh, he's like son of a bitch <laughs> he's like, <"Yo." laughs> and then Shanghai gets in and he's like get him beat his ass <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard him like like be so angry and curse that much. It's just funny to me for some reason. Now he he had a hot mic for sure. Like you could hear everything he was saying. <laughs> the the action in this match like was solid. It, like Shanghai got a headlock on Bagwell for a few minutes and it kind of killed the crowd. I think it was too long. Yeah. Like back it took a while for Bagwell to get him back. It was, Eventually he did, and then Shanghai and Tex fight, which was like the big spot in the match, I guess. And I want to say, I know you're like, why them? And I think it's because uh, low-key, they've kind of built like a grassroots reaction. For some reason, that team got over. And 
where we stopped seeing Saturday night, you you don't see that anymore, really. Well, I, I like the things that they did in this match because there was a part where Rick Rude was going to pin uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell in 1992 Rookie of the Year. Um, yes. And Shanghai like got in front of Tex to like block him so he wouldn't disrupt the pin. And I was yep. like, that was, that's kind of interesting. That was cool. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that this team was actually like you had like the dumbass Kongs, the fucking glucose and cholesterol, just refusing to fight each other. Which sure, I could see a team doing that. Uh, and then you had a team that was, you thought was like a solid unit, just fight each other. <laughs> and that's when Jesse says, "You can't trust those Texicans, Tony." Like you know, he fucking starts going off about Texicans. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Tex is getting the upper hand on Shanghai. Rude manages to sneak a tag in. Well, Tex is punching Shanghai or something. He's like bent over, like he's gonna do something. Rude just kind of walks up to him really casually, and grabs his head, and hits a rude awakening for three. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's it, I guess. I think uh, they just realized that match went on way too fucking long, and they were like, end it. Yeah, it could, it could have been like three or four minutes less. Uh, I thought it was decent, though, because like, it wasn't bad, and there was like, some interesting interplay there. And Rude was like hogging up any kind of time he got. He was like maximizing his screen time. He was always doing something or saying something or standing out. Mm-hmm. Which is easy to do for him. So. Well, they should they should have put this match last before the battle royale, before the next match that we're getting into. No, they had to they had to have some comedy. So like they had to <laughs> they had to buffer <laughs> the battle ball with some comedy. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Oh man, <laughs> I Would give you... us a five a five point eight out of ten. Okay, um, I gave this a five point six out of ten because I was I I agree with you, <laughs> rude yelling was like the highlight of my life. Like I didn't know I needed this to the point where I just need to hear Rick Rude just cursing at this really tall Texan to go fucking beat your teammate up. I wish Rick yeah, no, Rude could have was... like lived and there could have been like a reality show and he just fucking yells at you. Like I don't know <laughs> something about that. But no like the line that got me specifically was the one where he, he says I'm your partner now. He doesn't mean shit. <laughs> really loudly. And I'm like, it's funny. We were talking earlier about people being different than their characters. And I was actively thinking to myself watching this when he first came out. I'm thinking, God damn. He is a, like such a wholesome person or was a wholesome person. Like he, you know, didn't get any stuff. He was effectively straight edge in that way. Uh, he, I, I want to say, wasn't did didn't he become a pastor? Yeah, yeah. I like he, so. I think that was Sting. Was it or Sting? I I, th- I thought Rick Rubin. I thought either that or he was very devoted. Like he he he's I think very he, religious. He was he was religious, and he, he would even never take his wedding ring off. He'd always tape over his finger and shit. You know. Mm-hmm. But like he was he was just this really like, good person outside. But and then immediately hear him yell that, and I'm thinking, I'm just laughing so hard. It's like, oh, he's just really good at telling his character. This is perfect. I love his theme song. What's yeah, funny but... is he hates this theme song, but I'm like, this is the best theme song he ever had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 he's got the pants with the fucking championship belt. 
I'm I beat them all or whatever the fuck. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. Mm-hmm. What do you rate it, Chaz? I gave it five and a half. Uh, and I said I was entertained. Yeah, we're we're pretty close. Like, I mean, he definitely made the match worth it. I didn't really care about the Pierce text stuff, but that, that's fine. Like you said, the in-ring work was still fairly solid. Um, and it is an interesting dynamic of having two people who do actually fight each other reluctantly. Like, oh, that was done pretty well. What was what was really I, funny I about the match was, was like too long, but at, yeah, at first it was reluctant. Then they really started fighting each other. Exactly. And then when it when it was over. They teamed back up and were like, all right, fuck it. Let's just move on and forget about that. <laughs> like, they squashed yeah, it, like, right after. They hugged it out and they beat the hell out of Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Rookie of the Year in 1982. Yeah, they just beat that. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, Jesse is like, oh, don't you like a heartwarming ending? <laughs> yeah, it was a heartwarming. Oh, I forgot. Rude was calling him boy. He went full Kratos on Come on, boy. Get up, boys! Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so this is this is another highlight of the show, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, <laughs> it is. It Road, is. War- Road Warrior Hawk and Rip Rogers, and when Rip Rogers is like, "Yes," like he gets back, he's like, "I'm going about bull." Fucker walks out. Mm-hmm. You get David Boy Smith and Cole. And it's really Cole this time. It's- and then Rip is like freaking out on the ramp, and then Hawk gets pissed off and just punches him. Yeah. And he like knocks him out. <laughs> and then Cole comes out and he's like, Are you okay? And he starts stomping him on the ground. <laughs> and then like Davey's and they're in the ring already, and he's just like, Well, I guess I'm teaming with this Cole guy. And Davey Boy wrestles with Hawk for like a little bit, but Cole keeps talking shit on the apron. He's like, get him, beat his ass, take me in. Like, you know, he's being Booker T, but he's not He's he's not emancipated yet. We're not he there did, yet. He did the spin rooney right? Is this the first he, time we've seen the spin rooney Yeah. So, yeah. This, this, this is when Booker's really young, and he can, like, I love it when he used to do this. He would do that to recover from something. Yeah, it wasn't the – yeah, the, the actual spin rooney late was much later when it became that spot he would do in between, like, a transition. That, yeah, he legit just uses this to recover, and he does like an extended spin. Like it's like yeah. straight up break dancing. It's fucking sick. I love that. Like he'll hit like a big move, or he'll be on the ground, or, or and then spin a Rooney up to his feet. And I'm like, that's so fucking cool. It is. It's, <laughs> it's real cool. Um, after this point, when Bulldog tags Colin, it basically becomes a one on one match because Rip Rogers is like laying out there on the ramp because he's. A job guy, he's like, he's fucked up. Yeah, mm. and then Davy Boy is just in the corner, fucking yelling, "Get him, Hawk! Get like, him, Hawk! Fucking idiot!" <laughs> and the Jesse's yeah. like, "This guy's an idiot." He's like, he's <laughs> "Yeah, I'm thinking, oh man, you did, you did too much fucking PCP in the back, dude. It, that's your opponent." No, he did, he did PCP with Hawk. So as far as he's concerned, they're teammates. <laughs> that, that's what happened. That, that, that's, that's exactly what happened. He's like, "It's my supplier. I can't go against it." <laughs> maybe, maybe he thought maybe Hawk was high, and he thought I'm teaming up with Davy Boy Smith, and he got that's, mad that Rip Rogers fucking came out with him, and so he took him out. That's the lore. That's what happened in the lore. Mm. Uh, but, uh, Cole, this is surprising to me. Cole actually gets control for a while, and he gets a lot of offense on Hawk, which they're not. Road Warriors are not known to let that happen. 
so I guess he wanted to work with Cole. I don't know. <laughs> As it goes on, though, Rip is constantly trying to get in the ring, and like Cole or Hawk are like punching him or kicking him and stopping him from getting in the ring. It's like funny. <laughs> <laughs> the finish was the best part, though. Hawk gets a comeback and he hits, you know, some of his moves and he does the fist drop and shit. And then he goes, Rip finally gets to the ring. He gets in it. <laughs> Hawk picks him up in the military press and just throws him onto Cole. And that gets the pin, even though he's not legal or anything. <laughs> but I don't yeah. care because it was funny. <laughs> so the only thing I can justify is that they, they decided to count it because technically the way it happened was Hawk reached out from out of the ring over the rope and touched him as a That's tag. And then they, and they threw him, but the ref never acknowledges that it's a tag. Yeah. It just happens. And I'm like, whatever. It, I, I'm with you. Like it obviously doesn't make any sense at all, but it's funny as shit. Because Rip Rogers thinks he, he just won the fucking lottery. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I signed it when he wins it. I guess. 5.5 out of 10. I go to 5.3 out of 10. I was entertained, but like, the whole time I was just like, are you okay, Davy boy? <laughs> he had a night off. He did like, you know, a couple punches and I think like a fucking shoulder block or some shit. Then he, he just stood there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just got free drug money. He didn't give a shit. Like, he had the time of his life. Uh, yeah, I gave it a five and a half. I... I was in the same boat of we got Spin Rooney, which was cool. Uh, the whole Hawk Rip Rogers thing was really fucking funny. We also uh, got the first Booker oversell. Um, I, I, when Hawk hit that fist drop, Booker sat up and his eyes bugged out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> it was like really fucking funny. You know, it looked mind. like he saw he saw like time or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> That's where the the line probably tell me that did not just tell happen. Me, tell me he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, five um, five out of respect. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, battle bowl time. Oh god! And this is going to be a lot easier, I think, because we all agreed this things like just clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. And. You know, all all the teams who won their matches are all in the ring now at once. It's 16 guys. And it starts going, and it's just, you know, it's a mess because it's just a bunch of guys in the ring hitting each other, and you can't focus on anything. Uh, This match has a weird rule, apparently, because if you get thrown out on the ramp, you don't get eliminated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless you hit the floor while you're on the ramp. Yeah, like they had to like throw a couple guys out there for them to explain it, and then it was like, oh, okay. It was just confusing because normally that's not the rule. The rule is if you touch the ramp, you're out too. But man, eh, whatever. They changed it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. They had to have that spot later where everybody's fighting on the ramp. I guess that's why they didn't want to say that. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. A bunch of guys got thrown out. There's no point in getting into that. Uh, this is where stuff gets interesting. Uh, Austin is fighting Dustin, and he just throws him outside, like through the middle rope. And then he follows him. And then he makes him suck pole. He throws his fucking head to the pole. And then Dustin goes down, and he gets up, and he's he's bleeding. He got collar. Bloody mess. He yep. did it. 
He pulled the John Moxley. Well, he doesn't do that every night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Dustin gets back in, and then, like, he eliminates both the Nasty Boys by himself. Like, one after the other. And the crowd was like, yeah, because, you know, Dustin did something cool. And then Austin threw him out right when he was throwing the other one out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, damn. Very heel. Right after that, like, everybody else fucks off at once. Like, Rude gets thrown out. Somebody else gets thrown out. I can't remember. But all the other big names got thrown out. And it's Final Four is Austin, Flair, Vader, and Sting, which is – that's good. And then things go ape shit, <laughs> And everyone ends up on the ramp. <laughs> I hated like, that. I hated that spot so much. Oh, like, I got mixed feelings about it, but I loved the stuff with Flair and Vader. Because, like, Flair's out there, he's fucking with Harley. Him and Harley get in a fist fight, which is, like, fucking awesome because Harley's just an old man, broken-down manager now, but he's still wanting to fight Flair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then Flair suplexes him on the fucking ramp. And then, like, out of nowhere, Vader just walks out there and then drops the elbow drop of death on his on him, which he always does that to people where he just drops elbow right on your fucking stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then Flair sells it like he's dying. It's <laughs> just like, ah, ah, you just hear him like constantly screaming. And then Vader doesn't stop there though. He does a splash on the ramp, which makes it worse. And I think that's when Flair starts yelling my back. <laughs> he's like, my back. Oh God. Ah. <laughs> and then like Austin and Sting are fighting, but then Sting, I guess he gets pissed off because, like, Vader's brutalizing Flair and he's got respect for him, so he fucking stops him. But then that catches up to him. Uh, Flair's, like, squalling on the ground, writhing, and then he gets carted out on the meat wagon. He's, he's out. Well, no, I, I like what happens before that happens is he's on the stretcher and Harley Race is trying to flip the fucking stretcher while it's on <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to ruin it, yeah. Uh, there's still there's still heat there, mm. <laughs> and then Austin and Vader team up on Stang for like a while. Yeah, but Stang just keeps firing up, brother. He's fighting two men, and one of them's a big man. But he's, he, I love it when Stang fires up, man. I, I don't know. I still say like Surfer Sting was like peak Sting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but everybody's tired though, and then eventually like. Sting's able to get Austin out. And it's him and Vader for a bit. And then Sting goes for a Stinger splash. Vader ducks and Stinger flies it out of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> almost lands on his head. He almost tombstone power drived himself on the apron, but he fucking got out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vader wins. Uh, and like I said before, this is with a battle royal, so I don't rate those. So it's, it's just... It's kind of like a squash match in that way, which they do uh, weigh in on my final score of the show, but I don't rate them individually. <laughs> I wrote, if I had to choose the final four, it would be those guys. Um, yeah. I Maybe didn't. Rude. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, the, the ramp thing kind of annoyed me a little bit because I'm like, God, just get in the ring, please. End this pay-per-view. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I wrote, I love Vader, but why does he always have to win? Like, I would have rather have Sting, like, ish, like how Sting went out, 
I think they could have done it with Vader, where Vader just like throws himself out of the ring and lose, and then have like either a flare or or Stone Cold or or Sting win it. Because I'm like, ah, I just it made no sense. Like I I went through all the fucking trauma just to for know that the the, the big guy is gonna win anyway. Well, they're still doing that full steam ahead. Like there's something else about. Jim Crockett promotions, WCW wrestling booking philosophy is they like to build up their heels more mm-hmm. and have them be dominant. Or like if you're flair, that's the only iffy thing because he kind of wasn't dominant. He was kind of like, he'd always get by on the skin of his teeth, but when he would actually wrestle, sometimes he would be, it was weird. Mm-hmm. But uh, Vader is like totally leaning into that dominant heel shit. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I, I like what Chaz's pitch about Flair should have won this thing. Uh, I think that would have been the way to go. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, I he mean, got fucking destroyed. <laughs> I mean, you should have even had the thing. Like, they do it all the time now. Like where You could have had the spot where he got thrown out into the, the ramp and got injured really early, and they carted him off, and they didn't say anything about whether he was still in the match or not. They just left it. But he comes and he, back and fucking and he throws comes it out. back. Yeah, he comes back out in like the final two or three. Actually, it's perfect. He could have done it because they they let Sting fire up like three or four times, which I was I will talk I'll talk about my comments about it in a sec. But uh, one instead of having that happen when it really seemed like he had no chance of coming back, that's when Flair comes back out and helps him, and then you could have had Flair win. I it's, to me it just made more sense to do that. But um, I thought the the actual match itself was way too long. There was like a almost seven minute period, eight minute period where no one, like there were nine guys left and no one got eliminated in that time. And they just kept doing it. What, what's the name? I don't know if there even is a name for it. Whenever Vader like throws someone in, he Irish whips someone into the ropes and they come back to them. And he does like the squeeze thing. Body block. Body block. So he he did that same spot like seven, eight times to just random people. And every time he did it, Tony Schiavone called it a Vader bomb. God damn it, Tony. <laughs> he said, I Vader I bomb. And it, oh, I was getting so frustrated with that. But like they just kept cycling the same spots and doing like the, the ridiculous struggle in the corner. And then it's like someone finally said, all right, boys, wrap it up. And then they just started throwing everybody out left and right. Yeah. And they went from nine to four almost instantly. It just the pacing was really weird for it. Um, I mean, I'm still entertained, but it eh, like I don't know. I I did rate it. I gave it a five and a half. It's like it was okay. I've definitely seen better. I've seen worse, but uh, just the pacing was off. I, I thought it was far too long for what it needed to be. But uh, the I thought the final four and Sting. <sighs> Sorry, uh, Sting warming up. Uh, heating up multiple times to try to like fight the one on two was really good. Like I, again, I'm a I'm a big mark for that. I I yeah. agree with you. Surfer Sting's the best Sting. That's right. So, does what you think? You oh, I don't I don't score? have a I don't have a score for the the, uh, the battle royale. I have. A, are we getting into the final score? Yeah, I guess final thoughts. Yeah. So. Some matches were were entertaining and fun, but like I said on the the Facebook Messenger, everything was predictable. Like every time they had 
you know, someone like a, a Rude or, or a Stone Cold or a Flair, you're just like, those guys are going over. The only one that didn't, like, I didn't predict was the one with Rip Rogers. Because <laughs> I was like, British Bulldog's a kind of a main eventer. I could see his team going over because who the fuck cares about fucking Hawk <laughs> well, in, during that time? Um, yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, Bulldog's going to win. And then all of a sudden, Rip Rogers gets the fucking pin. And I'm like, okay (laughs) like it's funny i love it but everything else is just very predictable and i agree with chaz like the the only time i woke up during that battle royale is when it was the final four because like oh okay cool and then they did the ramp thing and i would i agree i also wish they kind of did a rick flair's out of it and then comes back and brings i don't know a foreign object and hits fucking vader out of the out of the ring and wins it but international no, object yes yeah went to wwf told stole johnny polo's fucking polo mallet and then come to the ring and hit him <laughs> mm-hmm. but overall i mean i would give this whole show a 5.6 out of 10 final thoughts Chaz. yeah i mean i'd say more than too much more than what it's already been covered because um, I feel like I've already shared my overall thoughts a few times peppered throughout the show, but I was entertained in some spots, some spots I wasn't, but overall this pay-per-view doesn't have to exist because it doesn't progress anything forward in the stories that are going on that are essential, and the ultimate prize for the the actual battle ball itself is worthless. It doesn't mean anything towards what these guys are trying to actually accomplish as pro wrestlers. And it doesn't stand alone on its own as something that's valuable. So uh, there's a lot of obvious flaws there. But, I mean, as a show, if I'm entertained, it's fine. I gave it a five and a half. And we didn't get it's to like, see a ring ceremony. <laughs> Just like it ends. Bye. <laughs> yeah, there's no ring. They, they, they could have showed, like, this this big, ornate ring in a, a blue velvet fucking box or some shit on a, a, a crushed velvet pillow. But no. Yeah, they tried to sell it like it was a, a fucking Super Bowl ring, so they should have had at least a ring. Nope. For all we know, he's got a goddamn ring pop. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see, you already covered that stuff. Uh, this whole pay-per-view was essentially a bunch of cold tag matches with random guys leading to a battle royal. That sucks. <laughs> There's just no getting around. That fucking sucks. <laughs> this whole concept just kind of sucks. The only interesting thing about this whole setup is that sometimes you'll see guys wrestle each other that typically don't. And sometimes you'll get interesting interactions, which we got. But those upsides to me aren't really enough to like combat like the big downs sides of this whole idea of making this like a standalone pay-per-view or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can see why the concept ran its course after this. So, <laughs> I think they brought it back one more time a few years later uh, from what I was reading, but like, this is the last time they do it for like three or four years. Uh, and before I think what dubs was saying was like, this should have been on a house show uh, or whatever. I think that's how they actually built the match before. It was kind of like how you have King of the ring qualifying matches, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't all be on TV. Right, uh, and then the battle, like the actual battle royale, would just happen on. Yeah, like they just pepper a couple in on TV here and there or something, and then 
the battle bowl happens at Starcade. That's how I think it used to happen. Yeah. Before. So hear hear me out. Oh well, fi- finish your final thoughts, and then I'm, I'm going to pitch an idea for how battle bowl's concept could work. Uh, that that was my final thoughts. I gave this a four point one out of ten. Oh damn! Ooh, I, went, I was higher. Yeah, yeah I was, we, were, we were both a bit higher. Okay, I just I don't know. I thought it was a little bit of a dud. <laughs> I I get it. Uh, it, it in a way it, it kind of is because it, it again the concept itself is kind of sucks. I guess I'm being more generous than I should have been. But and the the things you were saying too about how like this doesn't really no storylines got forwarded except the main event for Starcade. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't even need this. You literally could have done that same promo off of one of your Saturday night shows. Like you would just start a video. So but I think Battle Bowl as a concept is kind of a cool idea, except the Battle Royale thing is not the way it works. So hear me out. What if they did qualifying matches in the same way, like total surprise tag teams that are put in, in matches together? And at the end, you had 16 teams that were just random guys, truly just randomly put together. And once you figured out who won, you then take two teams that won and you put them Mm -hmm. in fatal four ways and you put the fatal four ways on the actual pay-per-view itself. And the winner of each fatal four way then fight in a final fatal four way. And the winner of that then would take, you know, would get a title shot. Sounds cool, but maybe they should just stick to a fucking royal. Like, uh, I, I, I agree. I'm just trying to yeah. think of like something that's outside of what it is. Again, without copying, I agree. The Royal Rumble is like I, I've even thought that with AEW. Like, don't you don't need to do this weird. Like, I, honestly, even doing 21, like to stick to the theme of what they do is fine. You just don't need to do the whole thing where they bring them out in groups. Like, just do it like the Royal Rumble because the reason it works is because you get that time to have the pop. And it actually gives good pacing. Mm-hmm. Like the rumbles, as long as they're executed fairly well, they're they're paced well, um, and that's why it works. Um, but yeah, people don't want to do that. People want to do shit like the weird, like reverse battle royal. Oh my god, TNA! I was gonna say you. it sounds like I think what they should do is a reverse battle royal or like a. Are you in the ring? A feast or fired match, where you could like pin somebody and win, and then. Get a pink slip and get fired. <laughs> I won. You're fired. Fuck. I just never participated in this. <laughs> so, all right. So we're gonna do a live. What should we do? Because we have another fucking pay per view we have to get through, um, which is better, obviously, than what we just went through. So, do we want to just do? survivor series alone and then we could do the raw and and final month thing on the next show uh because think about it if if survivor series is another two and a half hour card and then we have the monday night raw and then we have the award show that could lead to a, a whole show for four hours I'm gonna, I'm gonna call an audible here. Uh, I say we do Raw and Survivor Series, but we don't do our final monthly rankings thing because, in my opinion, WCW didn't do good enough to even fucking have that conversation. Woo. Okay, I agree with that, Chad. Because I, I feel like we're just gonna say at least Raw was entertaining all month, and 
the Survivor Series was okay in spots, maybe, like, at the worst. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to compare whenever we don't have enough content, even from WCW, to compare it to. Like, mm-hmm. fucking Battle Bowl is what we got. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I I would agree. I, I think I'm fine with skipping the monthly stuff and just doing the two. Um, the other alternative would, would have been we could try to f- somehow watch that Survivor Showdown thing and do that with Survivor Series and then do the Raw and the rankings. But I'm, I'm just as happy with doing the other. Uh, okay well november 24th 1993 is survivor series um and then november 29th 1993 is monday night raw so we'll watch that and then we'll come back here bi-weekly so not next week the following week and we will talk about that uh before we sign off chaz did you want to bring anything up as far as royal rumble um because i'm going to tell you straight off Fucking the black, the fucking black light, dark pitch black match. Pitch black match suck my dick. That was a waste of fucking time. Uh, and also on Botchamania, if you watched the Botchamania video, uh, apparently people had angles where <laughs> fucking Uncle Howie didn't even hit fucking uh, uh, yeah, L.A. Night. He just went through a hole, and then L.A. Knight had to roll into the hole, and then the oh, fireworks happened. Funny. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, that's 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 pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, I want to talk about the Royal Rumble. So I went to the Royal Rumble. It was a fucking blast. Weekend was awesome. Uh, I got to meet some random uh wrestling legends, which is kind of cool. Um, I. Didn't wait in line and do all the extra stuff because holy shit, the the line was absolutely insane to wait and actually meet some of the guys. But um, I got I got to meet a couple of, of legends. Funny enough, I got to meet uh, leaving and getting on my plane to come back home is when I met Sergeant Slaughter. It was random, but uh, but anyway, um, the actual show itself is what I wanted to focus on. That was the more important thing. Um, I was already fairly drunk when I, by the time we got to the show, but that is totally fine. It's the way it's supposed to be. Of course, as you can see, I got my my kick-ass belt here. Smoke and skull. Smoke and skull belt. Uh, yeah. Which I took with me and uh, shouted drunkenly. Uh, the actual Royal Rumble, like the match, the, uh, the opener was cool. Um Pretty good. It was it, it was it was a solid match to, to see itself, but it just in person it was it was cool to see. We had really good seats uh, on the floor, so we could see the ramp and entrance and and had really good view of the ring. Um, the crowd was inside. I don't know what it sounded like on the pay per view, or at least I didn't until I watched it. Obviously, when I watched it, I could tell how loud they were, but it was insanity inside that building. It was the loud, loudest. I think I've ever heard anything be ever in a building. I've, I've never heard anything like it. So it was really cool. Um, I was happy with, with Cody winning. Although I know that's just like the weird, boring white bread answer. We didn't get any crazy surprises, but I'm, I'm also fine with that. It's not like they spoiled and said, Oh, we're going to do this. And then they didn't do it. Again, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this Cody Rhodes. <laughs> uh, but he got a hundred, bunch of huge pops. The Booker T pop was awesome. And again, I was drunk, so when Booker T came, I was like, "What?" And me, they me and this other random person next to me in like the row we were like doing the five time, five time. 
<laughs> so that was cool. Uh, and then he did a spin Rudy, and, and then he got thrown out because he's an old ass man. But mm. uh, <laughs> but it's fine. It was perfect for what it was supposed. People to were be. talking shit about Booker's legs, by the way, which I thought was fucking lame. <laughs> No, nah, that is lame. Like, leave him alone, man. Like, leave, leave him alone. Dude, leave he's like him. almost 60. Get off him. Yeah. Okay. They're, yeah just, they're just doing that because all the fucking Adam Cole stands were uh, mad that he uh, made fun of Skinny Cole. Well, Booker T's in better fucking shape than Adam Cole is. Well, yeah, I know. Remember when, you know, uh, Booker T was like, oh, you should work out and buff up, and people were just like, oh, don't, don't body shame him and all that stuff. They're not body shaming him. This is a person that like did this for a living. That's giving him the the uh, criticism advice. that he yeah. probably needs to hear advice. Like, take it, listen to mm-hmm. him. Like, you don't need to roid up. But come on, beef up a little bit. It'll help you. But yeah. uh, the Logan Paul ricochet spot was so stupid, but like great at the same time. Like, it's so unnecessary for what it was, but it was such an awesome thing to see. Like, just like holy shit, that's cool. Like, catch shit in the air like that? It uh, is dumb. It's like, they're just like, and you didn't, I mean, you what, You said you went back and watched it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, like, Logan Paul's, you want to do it? And then Ricochet's like, yeah, let's fucking do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can see, yeah, you, I can see it. I Where I, where I was, you can literally see how they're, you, bro, you want to go? Bro, you want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. They and literally did the chest bump, but it was just like a, a springboard crossbody chest bump where they both just, like, knocked the air out of each other. <laughs> Yeah, but it was but it was pretty it was pretty cool. Um so I enjoyed that match. So for those listening, I only saw the rubble matches and the main event until at least I, I went back and watched these uh, on pay per view. The reason being I had drank a lot of alcohol by this point. <laughs> like I think my buddy and I for reference, um they were selling these like tall, like the tall like twenty two 24 ounce cans or whatever of like, yeah. different beers. Well, they were, they had little, like little stands out, like where people wait in line and you had to get wristbands before you could even go in the building to prove that you were on the floor to get to the floor. This is after getting your tickets. We're like waiting in these huge lines. Well, he kept going up and buying pairs of beers at a time. And before we knew it, between waiting for that and then waiting for uh, the others with us to pick up their merch, we had drink like, eight of those each and we'd already had beers before we came in i drank a yard long thing of margarita oh shitty drunk oh, by the God. time this happened i had a blast don't get me did wrong you, did you great. cry when sammy zane got hit no no but i oh. really pissed myself <laughs> trying to get in line and i had that like conundrum as a human being where i, I almost fucked over a disabled kid but we'll, we'll get there uh so Everyone and their mother apparently was in the same boat as me after the the rumble match. So we all booked it upstairs to get to uh, from the floor up to get there uh, to the bathrooms. Line was ridiculously long. I get right up where I'm waiting and I can finally go use the bathroom. And before I can get up to like a urinal, I get like an ungodly cramp. Oh no, the that that barbecue that I ate with all this beer is like nope. You're gonna turbo shit. So now I don't just have to pee. I'm gonna shit my pants. <laughs> and I finally get up, and there's a handicap stall. And right as I'm getting up, a dad walks in with his son. His son has Down syndrome, and I don't mean that in a derogatory. I mean literally, he has Prismy 21. He has the facial features for it, and this kid is covered head to toe in Cody Rhodes gear. Oh like his hero God. just won the Royal Rumble, but the kid has to use the bathroom. 
and I'm, I'm like, I, I might shit myself if I have to wait too long, but I can't like cut the kid off because like he's he's got the, he's got this disability. He needs to use the bathroom, so I give him the stall. A bunch of people behind me get mad, and I just yell back, "Leave him alone! He's retarded!" And I actually say <laughs> it like I'm from Boston. I don't know why I yelled it that way, but I was really drunk. So I, I yell that, and then the dad looks at me like, "You just insulted my son, but you let him use the bathroom, so I'll give you a pass." And some person behind me claps like I fucking <laughs> resolved slavery uh, or, or racism or whatever. And oh, then my. and then it, the dust settles. The kid gets out. I go in there and I shit my brains out. <laughs> someone messages me and says, Uncle Howdy just fell from the top through a hole and missed someone. And I'm like, what? I missed the whole first fucking the blackout match. Like, I missed well, the whole pitch black match. And you went back um, and saw it and fucking... I did. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> So that my my pitch black match was way better. I let a disabled kid go in front of me and nearly shit my pants, and it was better than watching it over afterwards. So <laughs> you know, you know what I would have done? I because he was like all fucking coated up and be like diarrhea in my hole. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shit my soul. <laughs> shit it all away. Shit it all away. <laughs> oh man. So. I get out of the bathroom and I, I probably lost like 20 pounds in, in liquid. So I came out and I was like, fuck, I'm hungry and thirsty. So I decided, well, I need to go to the concession stand. And I found out, you know, from there, the women's match is on next. And I kind of wanted to see it, but I'm too drunk. Like you hit a point of drunk where like you have those basal needs. Like it's like, I need food, water. I'm really horny. Or I, I just need to go to sleep, or or I'm gonna vomit, which I didn't reach that point. But I was just like, no, I'm just gonna get some food. And everyone messages me, and they all want food too. And I'm the one person that left, and they none of them want to. So I carry like four things or whatever. Got like nacho cheese and shit all over myself, carrying waters and stuff down. They had a weird rule where you could get bottled water or bottled drinks, but they took the bottle lids. You couldn't. Uh, they wouldn't I keep the lids on it. I fucking hate that. Yeah, because they don't want you to throw the lids. I get it, but it's fucking stupid. And I had to carry it all the way down all the fucking stands of the floor. But, motherfucker, I made it down there. I didn't drop a goddamn drop of anything. Proud of myself. Got to them, and uh, we ate our food and stuff. But I'd already missed the women's match. Someone had to tell me. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And I went back and watched it. It's fine, but just kind of forgettable. Um, So the women's rumble starts, and the person behind us... It's the guy that I did the whole Booker T thing with. He and I have been like chatting the whole show. He brought his girlfriend, and his girlfriend doesn't know shit about wrestling, but she's happy to be there, or whatever. But she's very like pro feminist, like not in a bad way, but she's yeah. like she actively choosing. We're doing the rubble. She's like, I don't like her because she's not wearing enough clothing. Like she doesn't even do that to herself. She's a woman, so that's how she's picking people. So she won't pick anyone that's wearing a, more than like if they're not wearing a one piece outfit or something. Like she's upset about it, so she doesn't pick them. But the I'm fuck? sitting down, and I'm really drunk, and just trying to eat, and I'm finally getting through it. And the guy, I can't remember uh, how far along we were, but Piper Niven comes out, and I was, uh, or not Piper Niven, sorry, Natalia comes out. That's who it was. Natalia comes out, and. Uh, she comes out and like, you know, at the typical thing, most of the time when someone gets called in the rumble, they get in, they get a couple spots in, they get to do some stuff. Well, she like does a couple of moves 
And my other buddy that came with us, who also knows nothing about wrestling, gets in. He yells up. He's like, "Yeah, get it, Chunky Monkey." He he doesn't. <laughs> and this girl behind him smacks him in the back of the head. And says, "Fuck you! You can't talk to her like that. She's a woman. She's a hero." <laughs> oh and my god! Like, and he what? Like, he's like, "What the fuck? I don't even know what her name is. None of this is real. You need to calm down." <laughs> and he just gets hate daggers on him. And I just grab him and pull him down. It's like, just sit it out. They'll forget about it. You can't say that at a wrestling show. <laughs> oh, so, man. so save him from getting beat up by feminists. And, uh, and then Piper Niven comes out and people are cheering, which is good. Cause her name, you know, get changed. Uh, but she comes out and he's about to say something. I was like, I know you're going to say something about her being fat. Just keep it to yourself. Cause like, I really don't want to get in a fight for that. Like, if you die on the hill, it's fine, but just don't say it. He's like, all right, fine, whatever. I won't talk about her, her being... I would have backed him up. I would have backed him up. I mean, I would have if he'd have done it, but, like, I just... I said, come on, like, we can die on some other hills tonight. I would have pulled Scott Steiner. She's fat! She's fucking fat! She's fat! You know, hold on. I just want to say this. You probably (laughs) dodged a bullet that I did not come. Be- because I would have been hamming it up and be like, fucking Nia Jax, that fucking, I would have done that Jim Cornette, that fucking refrigerator with arms. In the you're, 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 you're ruining the, the story, by the way, because okay. you're spoiling it. Just So we're not there yet, but so my little brother's with me, and he and I have been talking all weekend about like different things, like what could happen, who could come up, and he is a huge uh, women's wrestling fan, like he for him, he loved Lita and Trish Stratus. Those were his favorite wrestlers. Um, and he he followed like a lot of the, the divas. Um, and he was really hoping someone would come in surprise. Um, he was hoping a surprise would come up. And he actually knows um, uh, Jillian Hall. Because uh, um, one of his best friends actually uh, was trained by Jillian Hall at their wrestling uh uh, group in Ashland, Kentucky, and uh, he knew that she was going to be there. She was an alternate, but she didn't end up coming out. But uh, he was hoping that someone was going to make a surprise to be whatever. But he and I made this joke over and over about how that that song is going to hit. We're going to all hear "I'm Not Like Most Girls" and the groan in the in the audience is going to happen. And he's like, "If that fat piece of shit comes out of here, like that was the shit we were talking about all weekend." So all of us are pissed drunk there, and I've tried to calm everything down, but I've tried to keep it to a boil. And again, I got this guy that knows nothing about wrestling. Um, and we get to that last one, and you hear the, the they they had botched it too. That's the best part. They botched the fucking countdown, and she just comes out instead. Like it just the music starts playing, and all of us go, "Oh God!" And again, my cousin who is like very pro feminist and LGBT because he he's gay. He's just like, ah, oh, fuck, not this fat piece of shit again. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's mad. Like, so the girl behind me is losing her mind because she's upset that a woman's being treated this way. But at the same time, everyone around her is just very visibly mad that this person's coming out. So she doesn't quite understand it either. And then my friend says, Who's that? That that big chocolate bear looks like she ate the last Teddy Graham. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense, but it's, I swear that's what he said. 
And we were just dying laughing. And uh, <laughs> things kind of die down. And we're, uh, we're watching the event. And they throw her out. And this guy behind us, like, this woman's mad at us. But a guy behind three, four rows back, very loudly, like, with no one saying anything, just gets in there and just yells, yeah, I'm glad you got thrown out. You need to go back and die. Like he just like yelling about like she needs to die. And I, I turned back to her and said, "See, it could have been a lot worse." And we just left it at that. Um, oh my anyway, God. that was that was the funniest thing that happened. It was just fucking hilarious. Uh, but uh, the main event was awesome. The Sammy uh, stuff at the end uh, was absolutely great. Um, I don't want to keep going on too much. My phone's about to die, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, the, yeah, the Kevin Owens match was, it was solid, but you kind of knew what was going to happen. Uh, I still wasn't sure if they were going to have the Sammy turn the way they did. I love the way they did it. The pop for Sammy when he hits Roman is the single loudest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, pretty I loud don't know. One. Yeah. I mean, I, at that point, the Cody pop even though like they knew cody was coming and cody winning like that was probably the loudest thing i'd heard at least that day and it was still really loud but yeah like and i'm not even just talking wrestling like that is one of the single loudest things i've ever heard like it was deafening how loud it was and then of course it was followed by all the booze from they just could beat the, the jesus out of uh, uh sammy and um you know you get a big cheer when jay decides he's not gonna be a part of it he leaves and then they start the fuck you Roman chants. And those fuck you Roman chants are very crystal clear. Um, so yeah. It was it was something. It was it was cool to be a part of. Uh I had one hell of a hangover the next day, uh, getting <laughs> back on it. Of course, that's that's how it goes. You're hungover as shit and you're in an airport and your flight gets delayed and all kinds of other shit happens and it takes forever to get back, but we 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 had a good time overall. We'll definitely do it again. Uh, I'd like to try to like just knock out all all four of like the big shows. So like I'd like to go to uh, SummerSlam. I'd like to go to WrestleMania. Um, so eventually, I think it's that's the plan. But if I had to pick another one to go back to, the Royal Rumble has always been my favorite show anyway. So I'd love to go back to another one at some point. <laughs> but but yeah, it was a blast. Yeah, man. But uh. Oh my god, I I can't top that because I I I had an initial reaction with Nia Jax, like I screamed really loud, like that fat motherfucker. My dad's like, "Who are you saying fat? You're fat too." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, I'm talking about Nia Jax." And he's like, "Who the fuck is that?" I was like, "Whatever." But uh, we ready to close this out? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Uh, all right, guys. Well, we will see you in the next Getting Some Color. Remember, Survivor Series 93 and November 29th, uh, 1993 for Monday Night Raw. See you guys later. Get some color, bitches. Peace. Somebody once told me the world is gonna